Hello and welcome to Who Cares Nerds. It sounds really good when I say it, I think, but when everybody else says it, because Danny said it to me yesterday, Kieran, she was like, oh, who cares, nerds? And I'm like, that sounds so bad, can you not? Like, But I suppose that was the same as when any of us referred to the previous name, or the old brand. Oh yeah, when anybody that's English tries to say Glaswegian Geeks, it's, it's, just, it's wrong. It's just wrong. It's like, it work? just rolls off the tongue for me. Anyway, guys, we are back, we are newly branded, and we are newly named, and I'm joined today by Kieran. Hello, that's me. And I'm Tyler yeah. of the Total Verdict Podcast. Yeah, yeah, we, we have our podcast. We'll plug that later, don't worry. That's we'll fine. I mean, I've already plugged it, so if you plug it again, I will plug you with a knife. What if, uh, what uh, if I plug it twice? Oh, well, I'll have to take the knife out. And then Three times? Stab, then I have to put it back <laughs> in. So every time you do it, I have to do an action. Where will you be sticking the knife? <sighs> I don't know. I'll flip a coin oh, multiple yeah. times until I find a place that I'm happy with. <laughs> like... It's going to be somewhere that will do like no real damage though. It's just okay. to send a little message. Okay. Stop cool. it. I'll um I'll take my chances. Good, good. And again, we are joined by Tyler yeah. of the Total Verdict Podcast. That's twice now, Kieran. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't do it anymore. I was going to say, it doesn't it, nobody else can plug it and get me stabbed? Only if I. Oh say no, it. I can. If I plug it, you get stabbed. Can I plug it? <laughs> Please do. We are now introduced to a new guest that we have never had before. Ayo. His name is James Jarvis. That is your actual name, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't lie to you. Yeah, because I thought that was just like, you know, a stage name or something. Like, because I've got a friend called Daryl Devine. Okay. And everybody's like, wow, that can't be his real name. And I'm like, it is his real name. Like, the man's a fucking magician. Like, I didn't realize that people thought my name was a bit, you know, special or something. Until um, someone in my, a teacher in my high school said I sound like a pop star. And ever since that day, I've not tried to become a pop star. It does sound like the type of name that you'd see get retweeted on Twitter a lot. I don't get retweeted on Twitter a lot. <laughs> That's such a shame. <laughs> like this if you cry every time. <laughs> but yes, boys, I thought it would be a good idea to talk about Doctor Who today, because we've never spoke about Doctor Who. And who better to talk about current Doctor Who than three men? <laughs> and a gay man. I was going to say, just three? <laughs> yeah, three, three, three straight men and one gay man. Uh, so, you know, my word is now effectively law, and that's it. So, realistically, all we need now is a woman, and we've got the percentage of the doctors? <laughs> kind of, yeah. That sounds Wait, so bad. Well, we're has not. there been a gay Do doctor? Do you include? Has, no... there, has there been a gay doctor? Well, I mean, Peter Capaldi did say that the master was his man crush, and he, yeah, said, I one, think, uh, he said on Gallifrey, like, gender doesn't really matter. No, yeah, I think Fuck. a fair few have been somewhat questioning. Yeah, Matt Smith said, I love dick. <laughs> on an episode. <laughs> yeah. No, they just yeah. disguised it by saying fish fingers and custard. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really oh, funny yeah, no, that's the, you know, the underlying message of that. So <laughs> I don't think that was the the initial message, yeah, but you know, fuck it, we'll take it while we've got to like uh, no, I mean you want to talk about sexuality, I think the Gallifreyans. Gallifreyans? Gallifreys. Gallifrey. <laughs> <laughs> the Gallifrey. Yeah. The Gallifrey. Sounds tasty. Fry. <laughs> the Gallifreys. Yeah. Yes. It's the Gallifrey. It's the Gallifrens. The Gallifrens. Yeah, because yeah, they're, they're not they're not even a race. They're just pals, aren't yeah. they? Who live in the same place? Yeah. Like, imagine they were just all living this massive Audrey like on Gallifrey, and it didn't really matter. I think the Gallifreys. Gallifreys. I can't even know. This is time working. lords. I think the time lords quite enjoyed a bit of everything, a bit like the Romans, because. <laughs> I'm sure that the Time Lords are based on the Romans. Look at what Maybe. they wear. Look at what they wear. Yeah. Mm. Who else would wear that? Or are the Romans based on the Time Lords? Shut up. 
Um, <laughs> Stephen Moffat. <laughs> Stephen Moffat is in the building, guys. Like, that would be great. I would love to just sit in a room with Stephen Moffat and say, like, what happened to you? He's, like, a, he's an insane man. I would love to see what goes on when he's writing his scripts. And then this happened, and then this happened, and then next year this is going to happen. But first we're going to do this, and... I, I don't, we'll have I don't, a robot dog, and we're not going to call him Canine this time. No, we're <laughs> going to call it something completely different. But he's going to be a Canine still. Yeah, he's still. Yeah. He's going, it's going to be revealed that he's Canine. Like yeah. twenty episodes. Done the but line. he's going to look like a cat. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I always did kind of like about Stephen Moffat though was that he did have an attention. Well, I say an attention to detail. He did like to plan things. Yeah, like, series five was probably the most planned out series of Doctor Who. Um, I think there is since it's come back. I mean, it's that. It's my favorite. And then season six is my least favourite. Is season six the Matt Smith season? Yeah, season five is. Then that makes that's sense. his first no. one. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah, because Tennant had three series. I yeah. always get confused about this because they split up one of Tennant's series into like ten different oh, mini no, episodes. Oh, the end of season four, they just did loads of specials because he wasn't available to do another series and they knew that they were changing over and they knew he was leaving. So they were just like, we'll do a few specials and then... We'll do another series when, uh, when Stephen Moffat takes over with another actor. Yes, with Matt Smith. Matt Smith. You, my you favourite. Like, yeah, well, let's go through all the doctors. Christopher Eccleston is a man who deserves a bit more credit than yeah, he's due. Because no, Christopher Eccleston he's a is hero. Mm. He's, he's pretty all right. He only it's had a very solid season as well. And he left because he thought, do you know what? Like These cunts don't know I'm gonna, f- I'm going to chase Thor down. And that's what I'm going to we do. We don't talk about <laughs> Thor the Dark World, Kieran. You know that I have such a penchant for Thor movies, but Thor the Dark World, even I can't defend that. <laughs> Everybody criticises the first one, and I'll defend that until I die, but the second film, absolutely not. No, first one deserves no credit because Thor had blonde eyebrows. That's weird. They dyed his eyebrows blonde. Let's move on. Did they? Yeah. I mean, that's not enough to make me hate it. If you look at any picture, and like, or any screenshot, or the film... If you look at the first Thor, his eyebrows are dyed blonde and it looks like he doesn't have eyebrows. You're really triggered by these eyebrows. Justice League must have fucking killed you when you saw that lack <laughs> of mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. Another story for another time. <laughs> I could do I could I could talk for hours about Justice League and how much a shit show it was. But yes. <laughs> the, the Who Cares Nerds podcast number forty eight. Facial hair and eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Just be like, let's talk about the facial hair of men. <laughs> like and or the lack thereof. Uh, there was a conspiracy about Matt Smith's eyebrows that they were slowly disappearing as the seasons go on. So he starts out with quite thin eyebrows, and by season seven, they're almost gone. I'm a big fan of the fact See, that it's not that people noticed it, it's that there's a conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no, there's people at those there's an ulterior See, motive is, yeah. here. You know how we said Stephen Moffat's really good at planning ahead? That's part of it, and we'll find out why in a few seasons' time. When he makes his comeback in 10 years' time. <laughs> with no eyebrows. <laughs> I mean,. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing that shocks me the most is that James has clearly went and investigated this conspiracy <laughs> and he's checked it and it's factual to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. BuzzFeed on self oh, knows nothing. Do you think Stephen, because as we know, Stephen Moffat has a penchant for killing things he doesn't like, uh, Clara Oswald, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, maybe that's what they say. Maybe he just saw Matt Smith's eyebrows and says, right, we're going to get rid of those. I can't get rid of them right away because that'll be <laughs> weird. So let's slowly get rid of them. Imagine that meeting. Like, right. Matt, so in between each episode, we're going to need to take a layer of your eyebrows off. I don't think they would have told him. 
So they just did it in his sleep. <laughs> just, yeah. just threaded his eyebrows yeah. while they slept. Like, don't worry, son, you'll look much better. <laughs> like, and by like, the final episode, he was like, God, something just doesn't seem right here. And to be honest, that oddly sounds like the most continuous thing ever in Doctor <laughs> Like, that they might mm. have just kept going at his eyebrows. <laughs> or maybe that's just how long it took. Because <laughs> he had massive eyebrows. But they man. didn't want him to notice. No, they had they were, to be very were, subtle about it. They were they makeup were, was just pulling them out. <laughs> they were average-sized eyebrows. It was just a big head, so they seemed bigger. Um, okay. That, what What about noses? Noses. Yeah. Peter Capaldi has the most flawless nose I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> See, you get to his age and tell a nose like him. I'm like, mate, he's that's seen some shit. That's my new favourite compliment. You have a flawless nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a lovely compliment to give anyone because no one likes their nose. No one sits there and looks in the mirror and goes, do you know what? I've got a fucking great Mate, nose. I send my nose to girls. <laughs> I take it on Snapchat. I'm just like, you know, one bit there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, think, I, think, I think the reason no one like, likes their oh, nose no. is because it's very difficult to see. Shall we get back to Doctor Who, boys? <laughs> oh, just, <laughs> yeah, sure. Looking at my nose. <laughs> That's so it. Episode 48. <laughs> Facial hair, eyebrows, and noses. I'll do a whole episode just on noses for you, Kieran, right? <laughs> Let's do that. But um, Christopher Eccleston, a man who, you know, nobody really remembers Eccleston. They like, should. They should, because I think Eccleston was great. He's one of those that in he's better when you go and watch it, but in memory, you do kind of forget because there's so little of him. Yeah. Um, in comparison, because every Doctor's done like three seasons since. But if that season is very solid, there's low points, but his performance is very solid. I, I, there's never like a moment where I go, oh, Christopher Eccleston wasn't as good there. He is like solid throughout. Um, and I don't think another doctor kind of. Well, he, he was. It was easy for him to do with one season, I guess. Yeah. You know, there's less chance of there being a flop. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's given enough credit, especially since he brought it back. And he had no fashion sense. I didn't like the leather jacket. I'm sorry, boys. There was something about it I just did not like. But you got to think oh, of the time that it came out, though. Yeah. Like. That yeah, was... I mean, it was Russell T. Davis, wasn't it? And Russell yeah. T. Davis fucking gets a hard on for mad fashion. Like, I don't <laughs> know what it is. Like, it, I mean, it... look at look at the first thing that Rose wore. Like, it just uh, summed up like Britain at that time. She was literally just wearing jeans, trainers, and a tracksuit like top. Like, I it, mean, it was. T- to be fair, I think I speak for everyone because everybody loves Rose and everybody loves Rose and the Doctor. But can we just talk about how fabulous? like Christopher Eccleston's doctor would have been if it was Rosie's mum that was the companion because all she'd done was flirt <laughs> yeah. with them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like she hated Tennant. She hated Tennant with a passion. Like and she was probably the only person in the world that did. As soon as she saw him when he came into her bedroom, that was like, Yeah, I wanna get in bed with you. Yeah. So, oh yeah, that was weird when she was like, There's a strange man in my bedroom and he's like and she's like, Anything can happen and he goes, No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a boy. Uh, she she's honestly the, she's the character I miss the most. Like honestly, really? out of all of them, all of them, she's like Captain Jack, right? Okay, yeah, I, I love Captain Jack. He's my favorite as well, hundred percent hands down. But she was, she was too good. Like, I'd love she to see was a spin-off. Too good. Imagine a spin-off with just like, let's say they bring back Torchwood, but the only people on his team are Jackie and Mickey. Do you know what's really strange? I mean, they do, they do audio stories, and they, last year they released one with just Captain Jack and Rose's mum. There's an audio episode of it. Oh, it's Jackie and James's Jack. James's face. <laughs> Is that? Yeah, yeah, I've listened to it. It's really good. Oh, it would be good because, you, you know, they two, like those two just flop with the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing, they did like a box set of, it's not Torchwood, but it's what happened to Jack between when the Ninth Doctor left him and setting up Torchwood. And there's a point where he's, it's like before 
Torchwood picks up and he's sort of like watching Rose grow up, not in a creepy way. And he can't, you know, um, like influence anything. And then, you know, he just sort of bumps into, I think he lives on that estate at one point he like moves in because of some alien thing and he's investigating and they just happen to bump still, into each other still wearing his war get up yeah like yeah, yeah he's definitely because <laughs> jack never changes his yeah. clothes i used to love that about jack he never changed his clothes yeah. ever and he was like the most likely to change his clothes no, he's probably got like a peter griffin style wardrobe where it's just the same <laughs> outfit <laughs> Those quotes cost a lot of fucking money. Where is he getting this money from? Like, I think he... it is quite interesting that they he did change his coat in the third series. I, you're going to realise how much of a nerd I am with Doctor Who. But in the third series of Torchwood, he's, he lost his coat and he replaced it with another one, which is a slightly different fabric. And from that point onwards, that's the only coat he used, um, even you, though it looked You know similar. what's happened there, don't you? N- no. Like the guy who plays <laughs> <He's> that, <laughs> I'm like, there's one thing I don't know. <laughs> Hands down. Oh, uh, oh my god, why can't I remember his name? What the fuck is going on? Do, do you know what happened? The actor clearly not. Fuck. Uh, John Barrowman. John, John Barrowman. Fucking oh hell. Yeah, he's obviously just said, guys, I don't like this fabric. Can we change my? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. I liked how you mentioned season three of Torchwood, which was Children of Earth, yeah. which was, uh, you know, another uh, alternatively known as the best season of Torchwood yeah, yeah, yeah. because like it was just it was just Torchwood in an isolated situation. Uh-huh. And that was great. I mean, we'll get to that, obviously, yeah. when we come to Tenant, because that was part of his yeah. sort of era mm-hmm. of stuff. But Christopher Eccleston, like, you know, there isn't really much to say, but like, I feel like I could see when you look at the anniversary when Christopher Eccleston was like I'm not coming back mm-hmm. like fuck you guys and they got the great John Hart didn't yeah. he say that he'd come back in like on like the 100th anniversary yeah. or something yeah because when he, he was dead, dead. <laughs> which means is a nice way of saying no yeah um, so yeah like they got John Hart and then I thought I could see that like they tried to obviously make the, the change from John Hart to Christopher Eccleston more apparent but you know part of me sort of like because Christopher Eccleston to me is a bit of a dick Mm. But I did love him as the Doctor. Honestly, he's one, he's one of the favourites. But then we can move on to everyone's favourite, which is David Tennant. Not my favourite. Great. I'm glad someone said it. Like, <laughs> I think everybody kind of talks about this. I think a lot of people think that David Tennant is just definitively the Doctor. He's great. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, he's I don't think there's fucking, many yeah. people that say he's bad. Yeah, But exactly. I think, you know, he's a very solid Doctor, yeah. I think it because he did just have a longer run, pe- like, more people kind of just think of him i think for me for me he always was probably uh the best doctor in my eyes but then looking back on it when you rewatch him i still think he had the best writing like uh, i think yeah. that's why peter Capaldi yeah. initially suffered because of, uh, at least from my perspective the first season of doctor who uh with peter Capaldi was poor like the writing like it was it wasn't the first episode the dinosaur and mm-hmm. yeah yeah and like, was it what was it um it was uh what was it called uh, uh, deep breath deep breath i thought that was yeah it. so like he like i feel like he suffered whereas david tennant you know i still think he's fantastic but he did have the writing to support it yeah see i think well, i was saying this too early that i think the second series is um which is david tennant's first series is one of my least favorite looking back on it because what is great about that series is David Tennant and Billy Piper. I love that. I love their uh, chemistry together. And it's and their story is the thing that draws me back to it. But I think that has the lowest points uh, of Russell T. Davis's writing in that series. And the his era really makes up for it in the third and fourth, which mm. is, you know, David Tennant's last two series. Yeah. And I think they're just 
way more consistently strong. Plus, he kept his he kept all his eyebrows the whole time. Absolutely, but you yeah. got to keep referring back to this. That I'm going to keep referring back to it. Yeah, because okay. I've only just found out about it. I can't it's wait to, I can't wait for Jodie's next season, and you'll be like, "Where have they done it? Her eyebrows? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god! Oh!" And suddenly, she's better. <laughs> like, but all um, it took was one layer of eyebrow. But I mean, can we? I mean, I, I don't know if it's just me personally, because I think a lot of people did. But like when they brought. John Simmon as the master. Uh-huh. I think that was when everybody was yeah. definitively like, "This is great." Yeah, like, it, it, yeah I, no, that I was... loved the, um, the like the whole era of that. I thought was fantastic. I thought John Sim was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, John Sim. You know, you know that's the kind of first time you've ever seen him play like a mad bastard. Like because a lot of the time he considered him quite a, quite a serious actor. You yeah. know, like um, but then it just I think they just said to me, "He's like, yeah, you're going to play this character. He's a bit mental. How do you feel about that?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm up for it." And then like he just fucked everything up. He, he was, was down to fuck shit up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I always remember the scene when like he gasses like Parliament oh, or something, uh, and he's yeah, just sitting there yeah, like, yeah, "Don't even brilliant. care, guys." Yeah, he's, <laughs> like, he's, he's obsessed with the Teletubbies as well. Yeah, I always forget <laughs> that that he's obsessed with the Teletubbies. Oh well, he just likes British TV. He finds it fascinating. And Teletubbies was one of the things he liked. Yeah, because yeah, he's like, oh, they've got TVs in their bellies. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. So good. <laughs> that's like the most master thing yeah, to yeah. ever be, like to ever master. It's like, oh my God, look at these absolute abominations. I love them. <laughs> did you know that... Um... I probably didn't. I'll level with you. Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it there then. <laughs> <laughs> Do go on. Um, so, the Toclophane. There was a problem in the first series of Doctor Who. Do you know what the Toclophane, the the balls mm, in the yeah. the villains in that in that episode? Uh, just to clarify, um, I don't think James does. I don't. <laughs> I the, don't. the ones that look like droids from Star Wars. All right, okay. Thank children. You. Yeah, yeah, that's so, right. Kieran, what I need you to do is just give me reference, and then I'll know. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Because I was going to Google images about then how do you spell Toclophane? How do you spell Toclophane? <laughs> it's pretty. Uh, I'm not a good speller. So. T O Clophane. No, no I, think, yeah. I, I think it is T O C H Lophane. Okay, cool. Anyway, so in the first series, um, Christopher Eccleston's series, they were meant to be in that because they were having a dispute with Terry Nation who created the Daleks and because the BBC had treated the Daleks so badly up until that point, I mean, they're in like a Looney Tunes film and they didn't ask him and he wasn't happy about that. So he was like, you're not using them and they had to make a deal. So up until that point, the Toclophane were the replacement for the Daleks. They were going to be what the Daleks were in that series. And then they did get the rights to do it. And then he had them shelved. And then when it came to this story with the Master, brought them back and repurposed them. I think it's much better that way. Yeah. Possibly. Well, it's good that they have the Daleks in. Yeah. Without, without <laughs> doubt. I mean, the Dalek. I mean, everybody says that the Daleks are the definitive Doctor Who villain. Personally, I think the Cybermen are, but that's just me. <laughs> like, uh, I think. I think it's a toss-up between the two. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think Cybermen both, and Daleks, yeah, that's it. They're very like, much on par. Yeah, and like, does anyone remember a time when the Daleks and the Cybermen didn't actually appear in any season of Doctor Who? Like, isn't it that they have to now? For, yeah, like, is, right it, is it not that the Daleks, they have to use so them? The, the, that's the thing that hasn't been confirmed, but they think that was part of the deal that they made in that, you know, to use them was that they would have an appearance every year. That's, he, that's why the, they believe this because... There was the sixth season that that didn't have a Dalek story yet. They were in it for like two minutes in the last episode, and that happened again in the tenth season with Peter Capaldi. There wasn't a Dalek story, but they were just in the first episode for a scene. So that's where that 
they keep adding fuel to the fire with that, but there's no confirmation as it, of it. As uh, can, I just say, the case. can I just say, I love the idea that these Daleks are getting really rolled up about, like, they're not written into the, <laughs> they're, they're not written into the season. They're like, but it was in our contracts. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't know, I feel like it re- if that is the case, I feel like it really weakens it. Like, at the end yeah, of the day, it it's, it's like, I've wiped out every single one of the Daleks. Oh, wait, there's a couple more. Just, just <laughs> let me, let me sort these out. Oh, I've wiped out all of the, oh, fuck. Just a couple more over here. Mm. I wiped out all of them. Oh, fucking hell, hundreds of them. <laughs> oh, we've went back in time, guys. There's Daleks everywhere. Yeah. Like, like, it is, it's like, look, the reason people, like, back like back a day used to be scared of the Daleks is because they were terrifying. They only came up every now and again. You never knew if they were actually dead. We know they will come back in every fucking season. Like, it's going to happen, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's cheap. Well, it makes them seem less um, powerful like in that first season what was brilliant again about Christopher Eccleston's season and they d- dealt with the Daleks perfectly is they did that episode with one Dalek and they made it like almost impossible to stop you know yeah. they barely got away with that they only got away with it because he turned good really like if he didn't turn good then they would have all been dead Yeah. and then they go okay now here's like a million and it's like oh god and now because we've defeated them every single year they're not a threat anymore. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think that was one of the reasons why, just like sidetracking, is why I liked that the only th- saving grace I found of the Christmas episode this year for Doctor Who resolution with the one Dalek is because one Dalek is more terrifying than thousands of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you don't, when there's thousands of them, you don't really see what they can do. When you've got one, you actually physically see how dangerous they I'm are. And that, those now. are the those are the better stories. The next for me. generation's Daleks will be the Slitheen. Don't you even dare. We haven't seen them for ages. Because every time somebody says the word Slitheen to me, for some reason, I get flashbacks of Absorbaloff. Because they look so alike, Uh and I hate it so much. They're 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 from the same planet. Yeah, Yeah. cousins or something. They're actually Corricophalopatorius. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're they're from from Clom. Wait, so what's Corricophalopatorius? They're they're like twin planets or something. Okay. So they're Absorbaloff from Clom. Yeah. And the others are from, yeah, Raxil. Fuck's sake. Wow. <laughs> wow. That yeah, one. I'll just listen to you guys talk and that'll be it. I'll just be a Doctor Who man. Like, I know I feel a bit about Doctor Who, but not these details. Okay. Like, these are just details so to me. Raxacarico Falibatorius is a planet. Okay. I know uh, what a planet the is. The Slitheen lived there. Okay. The Slitheen uh, are also not the race. That's a family name. They're actually Raxacarico Falibatorians. Yeah, you bloody racist. <laughs> <laughs> Who invited Nigel? Who invited Nigel on the podcast? You can't talk about them like that. You can't tarnish them all with the same brush. You get a milkshake thrown at me in a second. Oh, wow. Oh, banter. Political banter. Um, So, yeah, let's come back. Um, So, David Tennant, um, renowned as the definitive doctor. I don't... I I really like Tennant, but I think Tennant is... I think Tennant's only so good because he is such an enigmatic actor. Mm. Like... Whenever he would play the Doctor, he would always play. You would always have something new, but you yeah. always like were there for his like his childlike charm. In in the ver- his very first episode when he comes out um, and he's talking to the the Sycorax. Sycorax, and he, you know he starts like he's reciting like Lion King and uh-huh. stuff. And you read that you know that kind of um, the, the way he is in that whole scene. That's what he bounces between throughout all of them. He goes from serious to funny to serious to funny. I think that's why people feel like you know he resonates with them. I think, he, like like you said, he is just a good actor. Like, he made a Virgin Media advert sound, like, enticing, didn't he? Mm. Do you remember those? I do remember. Like, he's good yeah. at what he does. I think... He, he, David Tennant can do anything. Like, you know, we've Absolutely seen him... Absolutely anything. Well, he, he honestly can, and he's down for anything as well. I mean, let's let's look at his right foot. The Doctor, 
the Purple Man, yeah. <laughs> one of his so best that performances. Was, that was great. Uh, he's playing Crowley in Good Omens, which Vir- Virgin yes. Media again. Virgin Media advert. Uh, um, Alec Hardy from Broadchurch. Yeah, he mm. played that character in Fright Night, like oh, yeah. who was mildly fun. Yeah. Um, he, it was know, the best part of the film. People t- people tend to remember David Tennant's characters because yeah. he's such a very good character actor. Yeah. Oh, the the comic relief episode with Catherine Tate. That was great. <laughs> oh, the teacher that <laughs> yeah. wasn't the doctor. Yeah, that was wasn't the doctor. The doctor. It's like, like, face bothered. Like, <laughs> like, shut up, you little guy. That's basically what he said. That was the energy that he read. Yeah. It, it genuinely, like, it baffles me. And, like, not in a bad way, but it, it like, it fascinates me that that comic relief episode stemmed a whole season of Doctor Who. Yeah. Someone yeah. saw that and thought, guys, have you seen this? This this would just be really good. <laughs> It was let's like, do this. Let, let me just stop you there because I genuinely think that Catherine Tate is one of the most underrated companions I have ever heard. She, oh, she's, she's the best. Brilliant. She yeah. is the best she's my companion. companion. She is the best Far companion. Their relationship just means is doesn't like perfect. <laughs> I love the Doctor when he has a relationship with someone that he doesn't clearly want yeah. to yes. fuck. Like, 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 you know, his um, rapport with people like Rose and stuff and kind of Martha and that. But then you look at the scene when um, him and uh, Donna run into, run into each other again from the other side of that mm. oh, room yeah. at the windows like the kind the way he's acting he's like what the fuck he's like donna and, yeah yeah <laughs> like, and like it's so different compared to how he was with the other companions yeah and i that's that's the kind of thing that i admire like i love the doctor when he has those relationships like that's what made the doctor and jack's relationship so good mm-hmm. i hate the doctor like clara and peter capaldi was by far the worst sexual tension <laughs> i have ever seen in my entire life that's because she was so confused because she saw matt smith <laughs> she was like yes she saw him and she was like eh. it was a catfish time lords are the worst catfish <laughs> <laughs> like one day you'll be on msn talking to him and then off boom it's msn <laughs> <laughs> did you like that little nostalgic reference jesus Back they, had they invented it <laughs> <laughs> MS- msn was a vision of the future for them like. according to stephen moffat you know the the time lords created msn planted it uh, in our history for us to create it there's probably some like time loop where we created it so they would create it <laughs> and then um, the prolonged use of it makes your eyebrows slowly disappear yeah there we go God, because crazy. that's 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 doctor who racing in a nutshell yeah, this yeah. master class is now over <laughs> like, um but yeah um yeah i think i think donna was great i miss donna Sarah she was so- the best companion <laughs> yeah but she the, the two of them had really bad endings. Donna had the worst ending. I yeah. broke my heart oh, to brutal, see that yeah. to Donna. Like, imagine oh, yeah, that. No. She finally gets on the Doctor's level. It's all she's ever wanted to be on the Doctor's level. And he's like, darling, you cannot handle this. <laughs> it's such an incredible scene, though. Mm. That yeah. whole thing was. Because like, for a minute, like, she's far more intelligent than he is. And I think that's why he waked her memory. He was like, fuck that. Like, yeah, he, lied. <laughs> he lied about all the repercussions of it. He's yeah. like, I'm not having this. <laughs> I do, I do like I'm it. the smartest person here. I, I do like the beauty of it that one of the saddest endings is when they don't die. That's like, true. Yeah, because she really just has cool. to go live her life and she hated having a normal life. It's similar to Clara's ending. It's similar to Rose's ending as no, well. Clara's ending. And, yeah, yeah. Clara's ending to me is an a- an absolute cop out, and we'll get to that when I come to it, uh-huh. like when we come to it. But I-, I hate Clara's ending so much, and I'll tell you for why when we get there. I'm looking mm. forward to hearing why. Because I fucking hate her ending. Her <laughs> yeah, ending like, is like the James worst. said, then it, it's very similar to Rose's ending in the sense she doesn't die. If, if anything, she she gets to live a fair. She gets good what life, she wants. She gets what she wants. Still oddly. It, it's bittersweet, but they, they then ruined it by bringing, bringing her back. back. Yeah, and then she could see him again. 
that scene has changed completely now because yeah. if that was the last time they ever spoke, you it would have been good. Like yeah. it would have it would have uh-huh. sat well. But then he takes the the post crisis version of himself. I just don't that was care made for it. To her. And then they go back uh. and kill Thanos again. <laughs> <laughs> I think with regards to Donna, we have to give a shout out to the big man that is Wilfred. Oh god, yeah. We've Wilfred. got yeah, to yeah, love yeah. a bit of Wilfred. Wilfred, yes. He was he was he was the man. Like right up to that scene when they're in the um the in the I don't know what it's called, the telephone booths the glass containers oh the, the radiation <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah and then he has to switch out and he's just like no i'll be fine i've lived a great life i've said this before but i will thoroughly sit by it they've tried to recreate wilf with um bradley walsh, bradley yeah. walsh. thousand percent like they thought right who did the fans like oh they like wilf yeah. bradley walsh. there was a lot of fans that liked that liked mickey and i didn't mind mickey but like mickey just was really needy like, yeah, yeah he was he was just like Rose I don't really feel you should be going with the doctor why I, I just don't feel you should I think it's a bit dangerous oh okay then I'll start coming along to like, yeah. do you know what I mean the, like, I do the, kind of relate Mickey... to what Mickey said in the, in the sense that it is dangerous and she does kind of disappear for like sometimes months at a time and he's just like I didn't know where you which were never, which I never understood because the doctor's like I'll take you away for, and you'll be back a second later that's literally what the doctor said so mm. why the fuck is she away for months <laughs> like <laughs> It's just, I think that's like the doctor, he makes mistakes and, you know, there, there are repercussions of traveling with the doctor. And I think that's why Mickey's character is so good because it's the repercussion. If you're in a relationship and then, you know, you go away with some random guy in the night and then disappear and then keep coming back. What does that do to the person you're in a relationship with? And I think Mickey's a very good representation. And this is why I like Russell T Davis because he writes characters as from characters a, yeah like Martha's parents they were well, exactly. all her mum and her brothers yeah. they were the same and it's like that's a, a representation of what it's like being in a relationship that you really want to work and you would do anything for it to work but it never will and what would that do what that does to someone and that happens in real life but it's represented through sci-fi and a man who takes your girlfriend away in a magic box yeah I mean I, I do Relation. understand like Mackie's point of view yeah. like M- mickey has like what i would consider a level point of view but like he just takes it out in the doctor all the time He's that's like, why that's why the eccleston mickey dynamic was fantastic yeah it was because <laughs> eccleston was like nah and then yeah. you bring jack in and they just bullied him in that episode <laughs> he was just being bullied oh uh, yeah I, that, that, I mean tenants warmed up to mickey like he, he fully got it like eccleston yeah. was just like oh, this is fun don't worry about it and <laughs> yeah. then Tenant was like, actually, this is a wee bit dangerous, and I think you should know about it. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, but yeah, I mean... Although Mickey did turn into a badass by the end of it. Oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. he got to a point where he was just like, Rose, I love you, but we can never be together. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you just have but a... that's what I mean. He went Rose, on that journey and realised We can't it. be together. I have a big gun. Yeah, I have a big... <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. Did, did him and Martha get married? It, it was implied yeah. that they did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think... When the doctor goes to say bye to them. Yeah. Yeah, and they're fighting. Uh, uh-huh. sometimes. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, there was loads of interesting things, and I think some of the things that Doctor Who does well is it's the little things that it doesn't necessarily explain. Yeah. So, for example, uh, and we'll move on to Matt Smith after this, right? David Tennant is wonderful. He's just not my favourite. Soz. No. Is I, he I, your favourite? I don't. I, 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 I struggle. I think I, it is a struggle because for me, um, he always was. And then rewatching Matt Smith's more. I love Matt Smith to bits. But um, then the, I also have the thing that I think Peter Capaldi was the best 
just like not my favorite but the best if you see what i mean like i feel yeah. like they are separate mm-hmm. things i can look at him and think you know objectively oh this person hits these targets well but just watching david tennant and matt smith it was like oh it gets, mm-hmm. you know fun that's fair i think yeah mm. so no one at this table considers tennant to be their favorite no no i, I don't off. that's true yeah off the drama yeah. <laughs> like the drama so we'll move on to Matt Smith but first like you know when I was talking about these little things you know when River Song first came into it the, mm. the absolute G that is River Song yeah. and she's like that oh, you know, whole and, whole you know, thing you know and she's like oh we um, you know you know we went to Drillium and we spent like mm. like a night on Drillium which turned out to be like 72 fucking years or mm. something 27 like, 27 years oh, maybe it's 24 I think it's 27 yeah I think it might be because um, I said 72 so I think it's 27 oh, yeah. mm. I think I just got the numbers mixed up that happens sometimes but um, you know she says all of this and the that's way she explains it is just so beautiful and so powerful and then they had to fuck it by showing us it like I yeah. know oh, I loved it I loved it but yeah. I was sort of like to, some things we don't you, need to see you can watch those things mm-hmm. back to back and you would get it mm-hmm. like but I feel like there's more power in her saying all of that sure. because yeah. she knows she's gonna die yeah and then I think that showing it was just to give her a nice send off because mm-hmm. everybody wanted that for her. Mm-hmm. And I loved that scene. And again, we'll get to that because I thought a lot of people hate that Christmas episode and shit all over it. But see the last 15 minutes of it, it's like gold. I, I really do like that episode, but I know it's an unpopular opinion. Most people tend to dislike it. It's yeah. a little bit silly. I think River Song overall just allowed for one of the most fascinating and satisfying sub stories in the entirety of Doctor Who so let's beginning m- to end so with that let's move on to let's kill Hitler oh <laughs> god I was about to say that was the problem is that it could have been but that episode really ruined it I think it could there's things in there like the 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 Mel thing that she was Amy's friend it's like they they did a lot of things up until that point set in their town Ledworth and there were so many characters introduced and if she just so happened to be in the 11th hour and we knew that there was this friend and they hinted it, like, like Moffat has done with loads of other things, that payoff could have worked. But it did seem like, oh God, I've wrote myself into a corner. Right, what am I going to do about it? And it felt really rushed and just really lazy. I feel like one of the things that I love about Matt Smith is Matt Smith's doctor was the king of speeches. He mm-hmm. had the greatest speeches. Like, and he had hey, more- Hold on, hold on. Nothing will ever beat Capaldi's final speech. Capaldi's final speech is like well, it's, it's part of my Twitter. Are you t- are you talking about the 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 run fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that speech. It wasn't but, his best, but like I think his best speech is the speech he gives to Missy, like the one we were yeah, talking about yeah, when that, he sits there and he brilliant. says, and he's like, you know, you know, being good, like all of this, and it really resonates. Um, I think that's his best. I, I, I know, I know we'll get onto it, but I actually think it's the one with the Zygons. When oh, they have the buttons I, to press, I agree. and yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. he rips in for about five minutes, he's just ripping I, them a new one. He goes fully thick. I I, I love it, <laughs> but I have choice words about it. We'll get onto it. We'll get yeah. onto it. But Matt Smith, the the playful child of Doctor Who, it's my favorite Doctor. He is your favorite yeah. Doctor, really? He is, yeah. I it was it was like most people tend to say this, but it was looking back on it. Yeah, like what I actually watching season five. I think it was just because everyone loved Tennant so much. Yeah, I agree. It didn't really sit with me well. But that's because it was so different. And I think, so my two favourite are Tennant's last series and Matt Smith's first series. And I think when it comes to the fundamentals um, in terms of the overall production, I think season four overall is better. But 
and it comes to that what you you were saying about how you see something is better but you enjoy something else more yeah. and season five was that for me because it was like how do you follow david tennant and those three seasons that just came before okay we're going to do something completely different it's not this sci-fi epic it's this fairy tale um wonder like fantasy and yeah it really it, that i mean until he messed it up the next season it, it was quite beautiful and how it was all played out and yeah I, so it was that season and his acting in the seventh season was what sold me on him but there are quite a lot of problems. I think the main complaint a lot of people had is that he was he just he, he just seemed too young. Which I get. I mean it's always difficult for a young person to play an aged person. But he that's what I love about him is there are scenes that you can tell he's young. But there are scenes there sorry there are scenes that he seems much older than any actor and I can't think of any in particular at the moment but I'm I'm sure it's in the 6th season when he's thinking about his death. And the way he speaks about it is so mature and wise. And yeah. it seems, at that moment, it seems older than any other doctor. And I believed he was like a thousand years old. And I don't think any other, because I, I never got that from David Tennant. He didn't seem old to me. He yeah. just seemed young. No, I, I agree. I think the scene where um, there, I think it might be uh, the one in Manhattan and he's sat there on that rock or whatever, is reading a book uh-huh. and he rips out the last page. Yeah. And, you know, he's saying like, he doesn't like endings and stuff. I yeah. think that's that symbolizes what you mean there. You do see, well, he doesn't put a fine point on it. You do see the thing of like, whoa, like this guy's seen some shit. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as it doesn't look like he has, he has. And, I mean, and you know, and that can always emulate into though that there is no such thing as a happy ending. You know, yeah. books and everything are like made it to be happy endings. There's always a happy ending. There's always a finished product. Yeah. Whereas the character of the Doctor knows that he's never going to have a happy ending. Yeah. There will be moments in his life that will be happy moments, but it's always somebody else's life that's ending, like River Songs or something's happening. But the, you know, it was Matt Smith that that built on the relationship of River Song and the doctor like that was the main doctor that you've seen it's, it's the doctor she remembers yeah. like you know like you know when you go into the christmas episode with capaldi she doesn't she, she wants to be with matt smith why does everyone want to be with matt smith jenna coleman river song why does everybody want to be with matt smith <laughs> they're all cougars they like him young. river song is yeah. an absolute cougar i remember when um jodie whittaker was cast and she found it and she said in front of a live panel oh, of I audience see. and she was just like i'm just a cradle snatcher like, <laughs> i am literally just a cradle snatcher i was like off oh, she gets it like, as long as she gets it that's all that matters but um yeah I, I mean i like matt smith i think he had a lot of really really terrible episodes tenant I, I would say had a lot more than people would give it credit for like a lot of people love blink I love Blink. I think Blink is a great episode. I seen you looking at me there like, if you're going to shit all over that episode, I'm going to kill you. I was, <laughs> yeah. But the issue that I have with... The, the reason why I like Blink so much is it's not even about the Doctor. The mm. Doctor's just there, and he's not even there. Like, But those are my favourite Doctor Who stories. I think mm-hmm. And I feel like they tried to explore that a bit more. Like where... I love... The, the two sides of Doctor Who is I like is like when the Doctor's just there, or the Doctor just appears to help, and then the episodes where it's just about the Doctor. Yeah. The companions are fine, but I'm more interested in him because, you know, he's that kind of, But the companions are like a doorway in sort of thing. That's the kind of thing I don't like because I feel like they don't take enough episodes to just focus on the Doctor. Because if the Doctor was just there 
in a situation himself, you would see the real him. And yeah. I feel like he always has to put on a show for his companions. It's like, oh, like with Amy, it's like, oh, I can't do a bad thing about Arun Amy. Amy will kill me. Like, I, think if there's, I, mean? I think one thing, if there's one thing that the earlier seasons do better than the newer seasons, hands down, it's the kind of eerie, spooky, tension-building episodes. Think, um, think ju- just for an example, I can't remember the name of the episode. The, uh, the girl who anyone she draws goes into the pictures. That's my least favourite episode. But when I was her. a kid, I <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a great episode, but when I was a kid, that scared the ever-living yeah. shit out of me because they raised that tension well. What about Midnight? I think oh, that's a yes, that was, a r- that was one of my favourite episodes. Yeah. I think just a lot of the earlier episodes are good at creating that kind of uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what a lot of people forget is that Doctor Who is a family show. I th- mm-hmm. I, you know, you mm-hmm. see all these people, like adults and people like... Us. Who, us, Yeah. Uh, you see a lot of people on Twitter specifically, and I love it when a new episode of Doctor Who has been out because everybody talks about it and everybody's like, oh, it's such a shit episode. And I was like, you know it's not made for you specifically. You know it's made for families to watch at the weekend. It's not it's not made for you. Like, So when you get people sitting there going, oh yeah, I want really dark Doctor Who stories. They need to make it R-rated at this point. Like, oh Fuck yeah, it. Right. give it to yeah. Netflix. Sex, drugs, violence everywhere. That's called Torchwood. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> even I was. No, yeah, fun. exactly, yeah. exactly. Imagine if they like made of like a second run at the like a, 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 literally a simultaneous run. You'd have the regular Doctor on the weekends, and you'd have like uh, Hollyoaks After Dark of Doctor. I was about to say, uh, uh, you think about this like Hollyoaks After yes, Dark when yes. Hollyoaks got really dark. Like you'd have you'd have regular Doctor Who running on the weekends and a side version of it that ran late at night, and it would be fucking R-rated as. Fuck. I think that's what why they with Torchwood they did that, but they can't. They couldn't. They realized they couldn't do it with the Doctor because the kids would pick up on it and would want to watch it. But with Captain Jack, you can separate that, and you know you can keep the kids away from it and stop them. My my mum didn't, <laughs> but <laughs> no, my mum didn't stop me from watching. No, I, I, I watched Torchwood like when it came out. I think I can't remember when it came out, but oh, I, I wasn't got... old. So you know the second episode of Torchwood, which is the, the sex alien. Yeah, the, yeah, the I sex remember alien. Watching that. Right. Okay. So when this was leading up to being on TV, my mum really didn't want me to watch it, and I was like, "It's fine. It's it's Doctor Who." And they were talking on the radio all the time. Every, I remember on the radio listening, this is not for kids, this is not for kids. And I'd be sort of like, mum, please let me watch it. This is starting to sound exactly like my story. Yeah. So, um, but I was at my grandparents at the weekend, so I got away with it. And um, my grandparents were a bit funny about it and had these um, trading cards that were Doctor Who and had tortured written on them. I was like, look, it is Doctor Who. I was like, okay. And they did a double bill on the first episode. On the first yeah, night. they played the first episode, yeah. then the sixth. Which but the was first fine. one wasn't that bad. It was fine. And then... It was just me and my grandma, and then we watched the second one together. And I can't remember, because at the time, I don't really remember my grandma saying anything, or anything like that, but it's just looking back in hindsight. Mm. I must have been like eight or nine, sat with my grandma watching a woman in a club toilet having very visually rough sex with another man. See, And I, I wonder what my go- what thoughts going through my grandma's head at that point. <laughs> like, what, what are we watching? I think mean, she quite, sat there quite gone. similar. I've like, been there. Like, <laughs> like, it, it took me ages to convince them to let me watch it. Um, yeah. 
I remember my dad was sitting on the sofa to the left, my mum was sitting on the sofa to the right, and I was just sitting on the floor, cross-legged, looking up at the TV, ready to go. First episode came on, it was the um, the Weevil, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it wasn't that bad. No, it like, wasn't. Like, the worst thing that happened was someone got bit on the neck. Like, it wasn't even that... I think it's, like, the language as well. That's yeah. A, like, with the first season very, of Torchwood, they were swearing, like, every other sentence. Cause it was very... To- I mean, Torchwood is the definition of young adult See, drama. So we like, watched that's... that first episode, and I'm sitting on the floor, and I looked up as, in, as, as if to say, you know, told you it wasn't going to be that bad and they were like yeah yeah fair enough uh, the other one's on now and 15 minutes in they turned it off as soon as it started they were like no nah, you can't watch this and I just remember being heartbroken because yeah. I'm like no you've got me invested now yeah. I mean is she gonna come sorry <laughs> <laughs> aliens don't come Tyler <laughs> like, I think they did that on purpose I mean yeah well it, it was like because the first episode was didn't have you know enough in it to show how far it was going yeah they have to get it out of the way on that night look this is what we're gonna do by the way so if you're gonna let your kids watch imagine it. my shock <laughs> um, i will hands down say that i preferred torchwood to a lot of doctor who seasons. I, I also uh, i also yeah. agree yeah. yeah um a lot of people will i mean when we came when we've talked about all the other doctors and stuff we'll, we'll come to the spin-offs because there's a few spin-offs i'd quite like to talk about uh, but um <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> how, ironically how, it wasn't <laughs> 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 Hashtag not class. Uh, I mean, we'll get in here. But Max Smith, um, he had a few good stories. I think he. I, I think he had a lot. Like I think. Um, I think he really does tick all the boxes, just not as well as some others might. So you know, you'll, you'll get him being silly and stupid and stuff, but you'll also get like his um his speech at uh, the Pandorica. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pandorica speech is very good. I love that yeah. speech because it emulates the speech he had in the first episode where all these aliens are here. Yeah, they're yeah, a bit yeah. t- they're a bit to get him, and he's like, "Boys, if you want to come for me, yeah, and feel yeah, more than free, yeah. but you know who is going to be the first <laughs> yeah. motherfucker to come down here yeah. and try it." Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. so like, let someone else do it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was so good. That's what that's what I thought he'd done. So, I, I mean, I, I think I think Matt Smith's best achievement was that he was in an episode. He was in a couple episodes, wasn't it, with James Corden, and he made James Corden look good. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> How good do yeah, you have yeah, to, yeah. Be to make James Corden? unbearable right, you have st- too much of a hate for james corden i don't hate james corden it's just yes you a, do i don't it's just it's a bit of a knob <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's that simple those james corden episodes were good james corden was good at acting his role his character that's because he was wasn't playing james corden <laughs> and james corden as a person isn't actually that bad oh i find him quite well. annoying actually I would side with you. Look, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Is he can Col- be annoying. I, I need to he's not. He's not just a straight up cunt though. He, he can be. He can be no, no, he's not. He's just like irritating. Which yeah. is, hot. I guess. I'm he's not like this? being stabbed. He's just like in a little rash. <laughs> can, can somebody <laughs> answer a question for me that I want to know for all that? Is James Corden gay? No, he's married. No, he, yeah, he's that means nothing nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you watched Jeremy Kyle? Oh no, wait, no, you won't. He, well, yeah. he, he can be very camp. Yeah, but, no, um, I get that. But no, I don't think he's. Camp. I mean, I think James Gordon. I think that's just how he is, which is fine. But then you get somebody like Jack Whitehall, who clearly uh, puts the camp. Yeah, I, I, no, but I also her. think James Gordon does some degree. That's why I have a bit of a problem with him. He's just very disingenuous, and I'm just like. Mm. I think that's what yeah. I have an issue with him. Is he's always really, he, he's a showman. Yeah. So obviously, it's all a big act. Yeah. But uh, that, I think that's why I don't like him. But I mean, in the Doctor Who episodes, I didn't necessarily mind them. Nice. I just thought, I mean, to be fair, when I watched those episodes, I didn't even have a fucking clue who James Gordon was. So I, You'd I, never I, seen Gavin and Stacey? No. no one should ever have seen Gavin and Stacey. Get fucked, Tyler. Listen, uh, we'll, we'll do, you know what? We'll do an episode on Gavin and Stacey just because fight. it is awful. <laughs> well, we're going to do an um, episode of Gavin and Stacey. Which channel are we going to do that on, Tyler? What? Which channel are we going to do an episode of Gavin and Stacey on? Which channel? 
Yeah, which um, which podcast is going to be getting a good English? Yeah, <laughs> which show Gavin and Stacey be on? Leave it there, son. Gavin and Stacey will be a podcast done by the Total Verdict. There you go, done. <laughs> what the fuck was that? That was that voice is what I hear whenever I listen to you <laughs> on your podcast. Right, I think it's time to break up this fight that's <laughs> going on. It's fine, don't worry. You, you need to learn this. You need to learn that this happens on the day. <laughs> I don't know if like, I had to step in physically at any point, but like, reaching over the table for each other. Don't let me stop you. <laughs> that wasn't true, Kieran. I'm sorry. Is that what you want? It's fine. I'll continue to look you in the eyes. Cool. Enjoy the view. Anyway, Matt Smith. Um, yeah. Child, can you stop? <laughs> <laughs> can you stop, please? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just going to stare at me again. I was like, can you not? Like, no, I don't think I can anymore. I'll break. Anyway, um, <laughs> my favourite episode was Vincent and the Doctor, and it still Ooh. is. I think that's a lo- that, I, that I love that episode. Yeah, I, think I love that, the ending of that episode. Yeah, it makes me cry. It's just like when you get Tears. Bill Nye in, and Bill Nye gives his most disingenuous performance, and he's like, "Oh yes, um, Van Gogh was one of the most remarkable artists." <laughs> like, and I'm just like, "Okay, Bill." <laughs> like, because when you see a big, big actor on Doctor Who, like Bill Nye, it always feels really forced, weird. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, why are you here? <laughs> why are you here? Who's the biggest actor they've had since the relaunch? Well, they had. Ian McKellen, Bradley Walsh, you dickhead. Oh. They on. had, um, they they've had. I mean, one of the things that Jodie Whittaker's season was touting was all of its cameos. Like they had a lot of like big, big actors in it. Yeah, they had Rosie uh, Parks. Yeah, <laughs> what an actor! The very yeah. biggest. They they, they fucking conjured her. Kermit the, the Frog. Dead. Kermit the Frog. Mm, mm, I think I watched a different show. I'm very confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they they had um Alan Alan. Was it Alan Cummings? Coming, yeah. yeah. The, he was he was one of the few highlights of. I just I just laugh at Alan Cummings' name because yeah. it's the most aptly named gay man I've ever <laughs> heard of. Like, I know Alan. Um, <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, Vincent and the Doctor, though. Um, I, I think everybody always looks at that episode as being like the most beautiful episode for. I, I think what I I love about it is there's the scene where the doctor is in vincent's bedroom and he's about to go off on his you know as he does his speech and he sits next to the bed and it's like it's okay vincent i'm the doctor i fix things and whatever like you know i'm i'm this guy we're just make talking about better. how matt smith was the doctor that fully coined that i'm the doctor yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. he said it all the yeah, fucking time the name of his theme um but then uh, vincent completely shuts him down and he's just like you get out you have no idea what you're dealing with here this is not an like this is not an alien this is not this this is like a mental health issue and the doctor like walks out of there like yeah i actually don't know what to do and it was just like <laughs> some doctor <laughs> <laughs> yeah All doctors. Well, he does he works it out he has to work it out that's the thing with the doctor he has a problem he has to work it out but it was just so interesting this it suddenly got so real at that point um and it beautifully dealt with um, a real world issue without forcing it down your throat and going look we care about mental health yeah. it was done so well and it served the story yeah and it, it was yeah it, it raised awareness while showing how far we come at the same time and that was what was so brilliant about it the way the doctor showed um how we deal with mental health is 
we accept it by bringing him into the future where of course there's you know there's still things that can be done but it, it showed it that's that was how the doctor fixed it it was like look how far we've come and look how people are accepting of it and to be accepting of it people feel much better so i just liked it for that no yeah, yeah that's 100 percent. yeah i think it is a, one of the most beautiful scenes when he like because one of vincent's issues was that he never loved his own work um, yeah he never thought anyone would love his work um and just to see that that moment of just him because the actor playing vincent was so good like he was very 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 good and he looked just like him mm -hmm. like in anything that you've ever seen of him so you know there's loads of things that you have having and doctor, as i say doctor who does well when it takes real issues and doesn't try and sugarcoat them around yeah. that's why the rosa parks episode of season 12 like season 11 mm -hmm. is so well, that's why people love it because yeah. it's so real yeah. and it's so relevant and it's not forced because people, people Doctor are who is on Twitter because it was too like yeah it, people, it people don't like the real. political correctness yeah. well I, I don't well, I, particularly I, like that episode as much as most people do and it's because if you look you're at you're a racist it, yeah no <laughs> 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 I am <laughs> no I'm not right no no no, no. here's the thing here's the thing I don't know James I don't know his humour my eyes just widen so much that's not now on the internet no because you didn't see what I seen I just looked at him right and he said yeah and he just looked at me and I was like, <laughs> I was like oh my god is he gonna run with us no 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 but in comparison see, that, that explains the swastika tattoo oh yeah, yeah yeah oh makes sense now <laughs> um so no but what I, the point is in comparison to Vincent and the Doctor what I loved about that is it showed so Vincent's ideas as an artist were not very accepted no one realized the mental health issues he had and it was in a time where we treat these things quite differently similarly in the Rosa Parks episode, what I think that episode did quite well is was the first time in Doctor Who we actually dealt with racial issues as they were we didn't romanticize it like it was in the past and just put it under the carpet yeah. so i like i appreciated it for that because it was realistic but what it didn't do which vincent and the, and the doctor did so much better is it didn't show rosa park's legacy very well mm. i think um i think they you know as it, it is fair to say that there are issues still today but by it, the way it showed Rosa Parks' legacy was a rock in space named Rosa Parks, which I get that, okay, that's a big thing, but it, it that's very different to when they did it with Vincent and the Doctor and they took him to the future. And the way it showed people who may not be as aware of mental health issues or may not be accepting of people who have strange artistic ideas was that, well, look at what happens when you are accepting of it. And these are the people today that are. And I didn't, I didn't, maybe it's not like, don't do a Vincent the Doctor, bring her today and go, oh, look, you can sit on a bus. Like, you know, I didn't think they were going to, don't think they should do that. But that's what was missing from that episode for me. Yeah, like a, a sort of, a sense of closure. Yeah. Because Vincent got his closure. I mean, we always knew that Vincent was going to kill himself. Mm -hmm. Like that was always going to happen. Um, but it, it, it's just one of those things. It's like he at least got the closure of knowing that people loved who he was and what he did. Um, and yeah, I think I, I mean, I think that was Ryan and oh, yes. Ryan and yeah, yes. <sighs> they, them being there because I remember. I mean, we will get to it, but I remember mm. that that you know that scene, that scene where um, Bradley Walsh's character has to sit there oh, and be yeah. part of it. That that moment, I I I thought that um, 
they Bradley Walsh was gonna have to be the one to tell her to sit to stand up. Sorry, you know, because it. I thought it was. It didn't go there, but I was like, oh god, that would be. How would they deal with that? Like, how would that affect someone? I thought that could be quite interesting. But then you kind of you like you kind of implying that. He did, he's racist, and I don't think they wanted to run with that. So, well, I mean, no, we'll, I, not that he is, but like you know. I mean, we'll get into that though, because there is something I do like to say on that mm-hmm. matter. But going back to Matt Smith, I think I feel like Matt Smith had some really good intimate episodes. Yeah. I think particularly the episode, right? So his last three episodes was a three-part trilogy, because why not? It's As Stephen opposed Moffat. to two-part trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> no, because people say three-part trilogy, you knob. Like people just say that. No, people just say trilogy. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I'm Scottish. Shut up, you racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somehow it wasn't as funny, but I liked it. Um, two out of four. Two out of four. Would not recommend, but it's fine. Um, but yeah, like, so you had you had the name of the Doctor, the day of the Doctor, and the... Evening. N- yeah. Time. Time. <laughs> The time. It's <laughs> just got I'd his feet up. He's the frozen planet on. He's like, this is life. Watching the chase, like, I'd love to work with him. Sitting having tea with Attenborough. Like, he's yeah. having the time of his life. Um, yeah. Um, the name of the Doctor was. They were a trilogy in name, but. Um, I mean, they all led the up to the same thing, really. But the yeah. day of the Doctor. The day of the Doctor. That's a trilogy. Absolutely... Yeah, but... They all lead up to something. Yeah, but. All the day of the doctor led up to was at the end when he says, "Oh yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna die on trends." Well, that was it. Like the day of the doctor yeah, was. But that's a very important part of it. Yeah, it's it's literally like three seconds, like where they where he says to David Tennant, "He's like, oh yeah, you know, um, I've seen where this ends. You know, we we go to trends mm-hmm. and that's it." And David Tennant's like, "Oh, I don't want to go," and everybody's like, "Oh, David, don't say yeah. it again." <laughs> like, but the prob- the problem was is that they had this trilogy and the second part had to be the 50th anniversary so it had to stand on its own right as well yeah. which is not a good way to do a trilogy you're not going to write a trilogy where you go oh well some people are only going to watch the second part so how do we write that and that's why it didn't work for me so, but- yeah that's a very difficult situation yeah. the, name of, the name of the doctor was about them going to the doctor's grave and then Clara has to jump into the time stream and that's when she meets the war doctor John Hutt which I thought was like it just came out of nowhere like it did just come out of nowhere but i really liked john hart john oh, was yeah. fantastic mm-hmm. but the way that he set john hart up when he says he was the one that broke the promise he was the one he was not the doctor yeah. like in my in his own opinion he is not the doctor we forget about him we don't talk about him but then in the day the day of the doctor it was actually all right he's yeah. a really nice guy yeah <laughs> i thought they, 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 they build him up to be like this really evil man <laughs> essentially and he's not. essentially a he was lovely like, man he was like yep yeah, come in cup of tea how many do you want and they just slapped him and then he just unloads a magazine on a dialect <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's what's so good about it though because they do build him up to this incredibly evil person and like you know you have Tennant and um, Smith that are like well like you know he's such a bitch but it's because they're looking at you know their past selves thinking god what a dark time that was wasn't actually that bad just had to do some bad shit yeah and I love that whole scene and the and, and like Billy Piper was just there for the sake of Billy Piper being there mm. like <laughs> yeah. she wasn't like, even bros yeah. like she was she was she not like she was the, bad wolf yeah. she was bad wolf yeah like like Billy like she, they only had her there for fan service that was how bad. can we ruin the ending to series 2 even more <laughs> let's bring her back <laughs> again yeah yeah I mean, it's it, it's just mad, I think, how they, they go into it. But the day of the doctor, I mean, I didn't mind it. I really I enjoyed it. it. You know, I'm not going to really look enjoy- at it and think this was, uh, this was a masterpiece, but 
I really enjoyed but it. But you need the you needed the day of the doctor for the the Zygon invasion. Yeah. yeah. Which I really you know, I, it was good that they eventually did tie back to that with Capaldi. Um and then yeah, I love that whole scene where they're all standing on the button and they're like, Don't worry, you won't do it. You you're not gonna do it alone this time. They're like, mm-hmm. Thanks, I never done it alone the last time. <laughs> like, cause this event happened. Yeah. Like, guys, yeah. like um and then he leaves and he becomes Christopher Eccleston. Um and yeah, then we have the time of the doctor which is uh, not not my favorite christmas mm. episode but the last five minutes like maximus regeneration is honestly like masterful i think like in terms of like how he describes it like because his speech sums up his life as the doctor oh yeah I mean? it's brilliant um i, I think it. the doctor the doctor's death speeches are always great like even yeah. christopher eccleston's when he was like i was fantastic i was like you were fantastic <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like um, been, so, who was your favourite regeneration? Like, what was your favourite regeneration speech? Mine's mine's is genuinely Capaldi's. Yeah, like personally, uh, I mean, not, so. Matt Smith's is the the, the second. And so, somehow, I don't know why Tennant's is like before that. I just think Smith's and Capaldi's are the most memorable. Yeah, because I don't know if it's because you, you're older and you actually understand them. Because when you're well, gone, I don't know. I think I would say that um, I remember Tennant's more than Smith's. Like I'll always remember, I don't want to go. More than anything else, but I don't think that would still be classed as one of my favourites. I think my problem with Tenant's regeneration is it works really well in isolation, and it did at the time because it was the first time Doctor had become so iconic, and the main character was leaving. Yeah. And in isolation, it works really well. That whole farewell tour, it really resonates. But in hindsight, it seems really odd. Why was he so bothered that one time? And then every other time he's just got on with it. No, yeah, that's a fair shout. And it's like, I I think execution-wise, in that moment, I love it. Um, I love he goes back, but why didn't he do it again? I do think, like, I I would like to know more about what remains and what goes in a regeneration. I think well, just, I, you know, I, in, in tenants, I think we saw that the TARDIS went because he went for like Michael Bay on that shit. He just <laughs> yeah. blew it up. Yeah, <laughs> no, but the amount of times they'll it's say, just like, "Well, if I can't have it, no one can." <laughs> yeah. But the like, amount of times that like they'll be like, "Oh yeah, it'll be me, but it'll be a different me." Or like when tenants, I don't want to go. It's like all they're really talking about is the bodies and bits of their personality. But I'd like to know to what extent what mm-hmm. could disappear or what could stay. Like, could they completely forget everything? Well, I mean, well they have. Yeah, but. For good, not yeah, just temporarily. Well, not, not for good, but there has been times where they have genuinely forgotten things. Like, Capaldi forgot who the fuck he was. And what a good segue. Now we can come to Capaldi. Yeah. But Capaldi forgets... I planned that. Uh, yeah, I know you Yeah. <laughs> Masterful. But uh, Capaldi forgets who he is. He doesn't know who he is. And he sits there and looks in a puddle and he's like, oh, wow, look at these eyebrows. These no, are no, tack was, eyebrows. Was... I've got my eyebrows back. He's like, oh, and I'm Scottish. <laughs> I was, was like, Peter, why? <laughs> why have you betrayed me right It's when he was like... Um... Oh, do you know how to fly this thing? Mm. Yeah. No, it's something no, well. Matt, Matt Smith's speech about how, you know, we all change, you know, I think I think I remembered that speech word for word, but I'm not going to go into it. Like, I'd like to see it. Go ahead. Uh, we all change when you think about it. We're all different people all through our lives, and that's okay, that's good. You've got to keep moving so long as you don't forget the people that you used to be. And they will never take our freedom. <laughs> and they will, <laughs> never, they will never take our freedom. Yeah, that was it. Because I love these speeches. These speeches really encapsulate the character. Yeah. Like, if you if you ever felt that I didn't get this character, those speeches tell you that character. Like, that that was what it was. Because he was ever-changing. He had to be... He, he was the doctor that had to take over from Tenon. Mm-hmm. And while a lot of people didn't like that, the people that loved it and were emotionally invested in it 
you know that was a goodbye to them just as much as it was a goodbye to the show itself yeah and then capaldi's like well <sighs> i don't really know how it today here tardis crashes into victorian England into a There's dinosaur and a dinosaur yeah. the dinosaur mm. teleports with them to Victorian England spits the TARDIS out the TARDIS lands magnificently like and Capaldi's just like the TARDIS is like I'm convinced the TARDIS is just like a cat you know like you know a cat falls and he just lands on its legs yeah because well, yeah, uh. if it lands upside down no one is ever getting out <laughs> well I just just um, take off and land again can you imagine if they part like like if it just doesn't work like that and if it's ever upside down it's just upside down forever that's it it's just that's it <laughs> they, they did make a joke about it in a tenant episode where he landed the TARDIS facing like Sideways. a container and they went oh and then landed it again yeah yeah that that happens I think that happened in the Sarah Jane episode is that the Sarah Jane episode? It might have been one of the, the unit episodes because unit just fucked everything well, up. Well, they did they? a similar one with... The, well, it wasn't quite the same, but with um, with Capaldi, where the TARDIS was just tiny. Yeah, yeah, that was so good. <laughs> I think so good. I think the thing that... The, the thing I... Like, I really like the idea of Clara Oswald's character. Mm. Um, what I didn't like is Clara Oswald had all the answers. Like, so, like, when... Well, she was the teacher. You know, I, I, I mean... No, shut up. <laughs> I like the idea that she had a, ha- a hand in the Doctor getting all of his regenerations back. Which, by the way, if you just wanted the Doctor to sort the Daleks out, just give him one regeneration, don't give him another 13. Mm. Like, um, So they do this, and she's the one that convinces the Time Lords to do it. Like, When realistically, why should she have to convince the fucking Time Lords to do it when the fucking Time Lords know that he's going to save them? <laughs> like, Well, it's like in um, the episode where... Uh, Matt Smith is talking to that big son and he has that big speech and it's like really impressive and you know he's like pretty much you know he's crying and he gives everything and it's not good enough and then she walks in with a leaf yeah that's it. Clara Oswald is too powerful mm. like she is Isabel from Smash Bros she is too powerful she can't like this is the thing and that's exactly it it's just, she just appears mm-hmm. I think and... the best way to describe it is that she is near enough what Donna became and that kind of just weakens well, her character. That's instantly. why they stopped it. That's why they had to stop her because you can't write that character. Yeah, yeah. That that's definitely one of the things I hated. But I did like the scene when Matt Smith before he regenerates and he realizes he's going to regenerate again, and he just goes, f- he just doesn't care. <laughs> he's just like, do you know what? This is great. Like, and I love that whole scene because it's just him as an old man, mm. like like flailing around, like shooting energy beams from his fucking palms. I'm like, wow. The true wizard is here. But Clara looked fucking terrified. Can you blame her? I would be fucking terrified. <laughs> Excuse then, me, my, my old man boyfriend is firing beams to the sky, blowing up ships. What the fuck will he do if he places his hands on me? Like, do you know what I mean? Because that's the first time she's seen that. You know, and then obviously Capaldi appears and Capaldi gets so bitter because she can't handle the fact that he's old. And I love that. I, just, I <laughs> like, love the look that he gives her. Like, the over, like the under the eyebrows, like, like mad-eyed straight at her like he just looks evil as fuck can you blame him though because it's like he to him like when he remembers he remembers oh like uh, you know i really uh, you know i I clearly had a thing for clara because i have a thing for all women and um clara was like no do you know what i'm not feeling it anymore and then you've got madame vester like like, can we just ask did they get teleported to victorian london just to have madame vestra and the sherlock holmes boys because I hate those characters. I absolutely hate <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Do you know what? They actually have a name, but that's a much better name. Um, 
Va- Madame Vastra and the Sherlock boys. <laughs> yeah, we'll call them that. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a, um, a, um, a band. So what, what's the actual name? Uh, the Oh, I can't say it. The Pentecost. The pa- Paternoster Gang. The Paternoster Gang? Yeah. That's it. But that's not as good. Yeah, that's nowhere near as no. fun. It's like she's basically, she, she is Sherlock Holmes. That is who yeah. she's supposed to be. She's supposed mm. to be Sherlock Holmes, apart for that one time that Matt Smith walked in in the, the snowman. And he thing. was she, Sherlock, he Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. She looks like Benedict Cumberbatch as well. <laughs> she is. <laughs> <laughs> Take away all the lizard makeup and yet you're met with the lizard that is Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, um, uh, and then the, the Santaran looks like Martin Freeman. Exactly. That's it. Done. <laughs> it's, per- it's, per- it's, per- it's perfect. But I don't... I don't. Right, so then we have to get into Capaldi, who is my favourite Doctor, but... Mine too. I, I hate, hate, hate a lot of his episodes uh, Deep Breath was such a terrible episode mm-hmm. um, and then the next episode after that was Into the Dalek I did like Into the Dalek mm-hmm. I did quite like that a lot of people were like that's such a weird episode but I was like I get it, it it's quite interesting I thought I love the bit because it showed you Peter Capaldi was willing to get his hands dirty because yep. he says like, he rips a bit yeah. of metal off and it hands it to somebody and says yeah hold on to that don't worry and he gets fucking yeah. killed yeah he has does not care at all and I kind of like that direction I don't think they executed it very well but i it was i was i was down for that like okay what if the doctor just doesn't care anymore he just does what he knows will get them through the day like i liked i almost loved that idea that capaldi's doctor wasn't going to be the kind of doctor that would try and save everyone Mm -hmm. like if he knew that he could only save a few it's like you know he'll 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 kill the weakest of the pack i guess you could say it really was malcolm tucker meets the doctor (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that was what i was that's what i signed up for i was like oh peter capaldi's got to be the doctor oh it's gonna be great like and i really liked him season eight was not the best representation of him because the rating was so which bad which is a shame because point. i like a lot of people along with myself like came away from that I, I, that's i stopped watching around that point and i was like yeah peter Capaldi's like the worst doctor i've seen in my life and it was only when i went back and i was like wow you know this gets a lot better and you, know, you sort of have to separate the doctor from the show I you think, know i think i think it's a testament to his performance though that even though the writing wasn't great his performance was still perfect. There was clearly elements of it that he was trying to put in for himself. I think, like, you know, you don't, you wouldn't say no to Peter Capaldi, especially if he's playing well, Clara the did. Doctor. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, Clara's a bitch. <laughs> um, but I, I, the only episode that ever really sticks it to me is Heaven Sent. Mm. That's like peak episode. That's because yeah. it's that's just, it's just yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just him. Like, <laughs> and I love that episode. That everything, the set design, everything. It's not. It it starts off being a bit complicated, and you're like, what is going on? But it gets really, and then they fucked it with like Hellbent. I was like, mm-hmm. Hellbent was a decent episode, but I was like, that's your second part mm. to this. Like, it's just. I it, think I'm kind of glad that that's Heaven Stent. Se- sorry heaven sent still stands on its own though you don't need that second part yeah so i think i'm it was glad just that, that whole season was like two parters yeah um so yeah you have you kind of have to put them together but heaven sent does stand on its own as being like so you can really... just ignore the yeah. second part yeah so there's two things we should talk about about peter capaldi series that aren't peter capaldi the master Messi, oh yeah, who was the best? The, the, who is the best part about it? Mm-hmm. Michelle Gomez playing the Messi is. She was so good. Mm-hmm. I, I thought you were going to say she's so bad. I was like, no, you no, can't no, say no, that. She's great. She's. I, I just love the whole scene when she's like the whole build up to that scene because everybody was watching it at the same time, weren't they? Yeah. And everybody on Twitter was just like, right, right, we're going to find out who it is, and then yeah. she's like, oh yeah, 
like where's it where's the exact line she says i couldn't keep calling, calling myself, myself the master could i and she gives that smile and everybody was like whoa yeah. <laughs> like and i think everybody kind of knew because there was only two people she could have been she could have been the master or the rani the, the rani the how do you say the it? rani yeah. the rani yeah okay because i thought that was just the accent but um yeah michelle gomez plays that character well and she has a bit of an arc and she was the best part of the right can we talk about the davros episode and season nine mm-hmm. is it season nine or yeah they're se- opening two episodes yeah was it just me that really enjoyed davros in that i loved it because yeah. he fully looked the doctor in the eyes and lied yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, you yeah. never see him do that it's 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 quite diversive there are people that really don't like that episode but i love it it's it's almost an homage to genesis of the daleks and in a way it is a character study of davros um, between uh, and his relationship with the Doctor, and that scene. I mean, w- I'm still not sure what I feel about Davros opening his eyes. Like this whole time, he's just had his eyes shut. I, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> he's just had his eyes closed. Yeah, like, he's just had a really bad migraine the yeah. entire time. <laughs> Did they not start yeah. laughing together? Yeah, as well? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There is, there is phenomenal. Yeah, because he says like the Doctor's like, oh, I don't know how I can help you. And respect oh, mate. Yeah. And and he says, Well, you're not a very good doctor then. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, <laughs> there's something gone? about this relationship, this <laughs> this villain and this hero that I just love. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot to do with the doctor because the doctor well he, he I think, you know, you have bad guy and good guy typically. He's not the typical, you know, um epitome of good guy. Like and he uh, but at the same time, he's also ready to accept anyone. Like, he's sort of like, oh, you want to become good? Fine. You know, he'll, yeah. he'll give them that olive branch. Also, a lot of people hate it, but I do love the bit when uh, Peter Capaldi's doctor steals yes. his chair. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that is <laughs> Dodgems. <laughs> I think, anyone for Dodgems? I was yeah. like, Peter? <laughs> I was like, where are you it's going? Like, it's, I can almost imagine, like, he's got away from all the people with the script and the director. <laughs> like, turn the cameras on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, quick. <laughs> I, for, for a small moment, he was Deadpool. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, the witch is familiar and the magician's apprentice. A lot of people don't really. The, the people are like really divided on that. But I'm sorry, but nothing tops the big dick energy that is Peter Capaldi riding in on a tank with an electric guitar. <laughs> I, I don't uh, care what see, anyone says. Capaldi's is, affinity for the electric guitar was wonderful. I thought it was yeah. wonderful. I really liked I it. I liked it. Um, it. It started to play quite a bit i did uh, however one of my favorite bits of that was um was uh the the river king episode where they had like Corey taylor from slipknot playing the witch mm-hmm. king uh the fish king sorry and they've done a rock version of the theme song and i was like this is great the whole intro to that episode was incredible when he talks about the bootstrap paradox bootstrap paradox um to the camera and he's like has this whole hypothetic situation with beethoven um and who wrote Beethoven's Fifth? I thought I, that was no. I didn't see that coming. No one saw yeah. that coming. It's incredible. I think I that's th- what was great about Capaldi. Like pulling out all these stops. Like it's another one where like he hit such high standards. I like I sort of see it as almost like it, I basically see top trumps cards when I'm rating the doctors. And, <laughs> and like he hit such high scores on each of the categories. Uh-huh. And I was like, my god. I think I mean, about wittiness was probably his strength. I'd say. And I mean, Capaldi had yeah. a kind of similar thing that Jodie Whittaker got when she was cast, because a lot of people were like, oh no, we can't have the Doctor be a woman. But a lot of people were like, we can't have the Doctor be an old man. Yeah. Yeah. Scottish. How disgusting. Yeah. It was like, uh, it's like, we can't have him be an old man. Old men don't sell toys. And if they do, they're bad people. <laughs> like, it's... That's... that's. See, what I will say, though, is when it comes to season 10, 
I will hands down say that season 10 was my favourite season of Doctor Who. Like, without a shadow of a doubt. The one with Bill. Yeah. Bill was a fantastic companion. Um, But before we get to that, can we talk about Clara Oswald's fucking ending? Because I fucking hate it. I liked the sentiment. I liked the idea. She travels about in a diner? (laughs) It looked ridiculous. (laughs) I don't like how it was executed in the Uh slightest. But I like the idea that she was, like, there for a lot more. I just... And Maisie Williams, Maisie, uh, right, Maisie Williams, James, I'll, I'll tell you, came to this unit, and Kieran apparently worked with her. Uh, we didn't, but apparently Kieran worked with her. And do you want to know what my favourite thing about Maisie Williams is? No one had the balls to ask her, saying, what the fuck were you thinking taking that Doctor Who job? Because she was so fucking useless. I'm so happy I can say it. It was almost like You don't sign. say that to Arya Stark. <laughs> uh, yes, I fucking do, apparently, because apparently season eight's pish as well. <laughs> like... No, it's almost like they got the contract and like, oh yeah, she'll do like four episodes. Oh God, what do we do now? We need to write a character. She was only supposed episodes. to be a cameo. <laughs> and now yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she'll do it for, oh, well, we need to have her now. Um, but my, um, what was it? The problem with the Clara thing is I love the Trap Street episode, Face the Raven. Yeah. Her send off in that sold me perfectly because they were building up to that, which was, Clara is trying to become the Doctor and even though it wasn't executed perfectly it was one of the things that was a through line with her character and that send off was perfect is she learnt the hard way that only the Doctor can be the Doctor you know he can afford I, to take I mean risks. I did enjoy that she because... definitely learned but yeah. what I didn't understand right was that when she took the the, the crow the timer mm-hmm. off the young boy and Maisie Williams was like oh I can't take that off I was like so you can take it off him but you can't take because it off because she put it on him so it, they explain it very briefly and I know it is a bit like they wrote it out but it was like you signed this contract with the crow that you met this deal and those are the terms of the condition and there's a part of that contract that the person can give that away but then you change the contract and the person who gave them that tattoo which was Maisie Williams was not is now not part of that new contract and she can't take it away. Oh, therefore, no one can. Okay, so exposition. I mean, yep. I get it, Got but it. it's sort of like, <laughs> it's sort of like, what? So if you sit yep. there and say, I know you've signed a contract with somebody else, but I, can, I want it because I know I'll, I'll be all right. I know I'll be all right. And then, like, literally, just out of nowhere, this crow is just writing up T's and C's elsewhere. Clara <laughs> signed it and she's no read it and she's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, this is it for me, guys. That's it. And, and then... Clara dies and to be fair I do like Capaldi's very depressed speech where he says I will burn this place to the ground oh it was terrifying I I will I am not scared to like (laughs) to to kill everyone on this street I'm like Peter (laughs) Peter it's just it's only Clara just like (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) can you can you think about everyone else for a minute because we all we all hated Clara by the end of it so then Heaven Sent happened and I was like fantastic brilliant okay he's back on Gallifrey and he's like, oh, and he says to the young boy, tell them I'm coming. And I was like, oh, he's going to like res Gallifrey to the ground. I'm here for this because he finds it's the Time Lords, wasn't it, that made all that happen. Yeah. Why? Because he saved them. I, I don't get it. Like, oh, I don't know. You're looking, you're looking at James. Why? No, actually, <laughs> I'm asking why? you why because you're the man with the why, answers. Why did the Time Lords put him in the conf? Because they wanted to get um, they information wanted to know out who, of him. They wanted to know who the hybrid was. And the only way they could get it out of him was through putting him through that. They couldn't have just asked them. Well, he wouldn't have told them. He hasn't told anyone for years. I don't like that story anyway. That's pretty <laughs> much one. 
It's like, because is the hybrid not supposed to be Maisie Williams or is it someone else? They didn't say it Because I was under the impression that it was supposed to be Maisie Williams, but they, it wasn't. they implied that it is the Doctor and the Clara together. The Clara. The Doctor <laughs> the Clara. and Clara together. It's, but then that's, again, I feel like the ending of that is just what they did with Donna because that was the Doctor Donna and then he wiped her memory and they just sort of did that again. The Doctor and Clara was the hybrid, I think. I mean, and then there was that whole scene where it was like, okay, we, we will pull Clara out from her death a millisecond oh. before her death. She comes out. And he turns around and looks at the general and he's like, oh, how many regenerations do you have left? And he's like, oh, well, I'm on my fourth one. And he's like, cool. Shoots him. Oh, he's like, tenth. He's tenth, yeah. yeah. He just quite Which happily shoots him. I'm like, cool, whatever. <laughs> Peter, you're willing That's... to kill everybody for Clara. Like, I don't like this don't Last like of that. Us level bullshit. <laughs> like... But what you said is perfect. Is that you? Is that is that it? You would you would damn millions of people just mate, for one mate, fit bird. Mate, for Jenna Coleman, you're all gone. <laughs> <laughs> I will Thanos level decimate yes. the world just for an evening with Jenna Coleman. <laughs> Honestly, oh, that's mad shit, man. And then we have Peter's last season. Oh no, because we have the Christmas episode there of a song, which I think is actually like really good. A lot of people didn't like it because Matt Lucas was in it. <laughs> And then Matt Lucas was clearly so popular that they brought him back. Um, but I, I, I really like that episode. I mm. think it's a great episode for River because um, I love this whole thing that he, he, he knows she doesn't know it's him and he refuses to tell her. Like, he expects her just to find out. I'm like, oh, what? What do you think about that episode, Kieran? I liked it. I did. I, I enjoyed do, it. I do love the ep- the part of that episode. I mean, the episode starts getting good around the time when River starts going, yeah, you can scan everywhere. He's not going to be here. He doesn't care about me. Like, why would he be here? And the doctor's like, River. <laughs> River, do I calm down? And I just love that relationship. And it showed, I think that's the first time he ever actually seen how much she cared. I think River would have a great spin-off. River and Jack? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> that is oh. the peak spin-off. And Jackie. Oh, <laughs> oh that's it. <laughs> it would, but at the same time, I, I feel like that's where this, you know, it's it's one of them damned if you do, damned if you don't, because like, people would love that, but at the same time, it's like, I think it works. You just, she dips, River dips in and out. You know, every now and then she'll pop up, you'll get a bit of her story, and you slowly try and pull the whole story together yourself. Yeah. Whereas if they explain too much of it, everyone's going to be like, oh, they gave away too much there. They don't yeah. even need to explain a story anymore because you've seen it. Like anything else is just extra yeah, by this point. Yeah, like, it's just like stuff that she did. Depends like, on the angle stuff. that they went. She has. Oh, yeah. Again, like there's there's an audio company that has done everything, and she has like five seasons of her own audio series. John Hurt has four seasons. Oh, he's dead now. Yeah. Well, like, he, they, can, they ran out. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit dark. Um, <laughs> just a reminder. Just a reminder that the man, the myth, the legend, is gone. Um, but yeah, that audio company has a tendency to take small characters, even characters that no one cares about, and yeah. make audio series. And they make them like thirty pounds for four episodes. Uh, for Lady Christina, who was in one episode. Yeah, I don't but even know who Lady no. Christina is. But <laughs> I, I, I just like, won't go too much into it because I I'll go overboard. But what I do like is they've continued Torch with an audio. Like they've yeah. done this fifth and sixth season. I've listened to the fifth. And it's really well done. Uh, so. Does it take place after the medical day? Yeah. Right, okay. It's, ve- it's I not referenced. Because I like Torchwood too much. And well, I'd like to... We, we, we are going to... Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. Because medical day... People have some choice words about medical mm-hmm. day. I actually didn't mind it. No, I didn't. Um, I had mm. issues with it, but my issue was that it was too American. That mm-hmm. was really it. Like, mm. But we can get into that. Um, yeah. 
Season 10. Season 10, Bell. Um, I like the Bell fact that, I like, like the fact that they started off by calling the first episode of this the pilot. Yep. Because, you know, it wasn't a pilot. But, like, just the fact that it was called the pilot, it had a lot of kind of, like, it was almost foreshadowing Jodie Whittaker. In the sense, it was basically saying, we're going to restart things, so like, don't get too comfortable. Mm. I, I, you know, I kind of hate it when people say that. He's like, oh, you know, when Jodie Whittaker comes on, the whole thing is getting rebooted. That's not true, It though. was a reboot. It was very much... A, it was. But a, I think to say that it's a reboot is to really just say that fine. it's okay, not okay, the okay. same thing. Okay, okay. It was very much revitalised. The production quality, the filming techniques were very different. No, the filming quality was up. That was Oh, it. yeah. Like, like, that was it. It was great. That was, they put all of the remember, budget... I think I was talking, I was I was live texting Tyler in the first episode. I remember saying to him over and over that fucking shot. Oh my god, the cinematography! Like, I felt like that was one of the only things that was majorly upped. So they cut. So the Capaldi seasons were like ten episodes, weren't they? Ten episodes. Twelve. Piece. Twelve. Yeah. So Jodie's was only ten. ten. Yeah. Yeah. So they cut that out and they said we can put the budget for the episodes elsewhere. And really, I would like to know where the fuck they put it. And there was an extra five minutes, so they were they went up to fifty minutes an episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, the first episode I thought was I thought it was uh, you know like uh, Capaldi's tenth season is by far his best, but it's also kind of not his best. I prefer season nine. Most people don't. I uh, do. I, oh, I do. Nine I think nine yeah. has some really stronger moments. Yeah. Whereas season ten has a far superior companion. <laughs> like. Well, I think that's the thing. I think season ten. I think it could, it could be debated that between season ten and season nine, one of them is the best, and one of them is Capaldi's best. So I think it it it's depend it depends which angle you take, but I don't think either of them are both. I don't think you know season nine or season ten were both the best and Capaldi's best. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as you say, season nine is the one with Evil Clara and the Zygon speech, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. And the death of Unit because Unit doesn't exist after that. Yeah. But, so yeah. I'd argue that's probably the best. <laughs> but then out of the two, and then season ten would be Capaldi's best. Oh, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, all oh, but the Heaven Sent is. As his an best, episode, his is best, his best performance. No, but overall, I do agree with you. His performance was much more consistent in ten. Mm. Consistently good. Not that he... I don't think he was ever bad. I don't <laughs> think Capaldi was ever bad. The writing really let him down. Yeah. I mean, as you talk about in the, the war speech, the famous war speech yeah. that everyone loves, my only issue with that war speech is it was done at a time where that was made to be relevant. Mm. So that speech, while it's great, I feel like was literally only kind of done because it was relevant because of all these attacks that were happening everywhere but when it was written it was before so when it was aired that it, it was i th- it was when all that was going on but i think because i remember timing i think it might have been i think obviously there was still there was like the the climate at the time was very like there was like everyone on the edge of the seats. Yeah, the North Korea thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think it was probably on their mind. The but... North Korea thing. Oh, yeah, that's dealt with now, apparently, so we don't have to worry about yeah, it. For now. <laughs> um, Boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love that speech, yeah. It's, yeah. Is, is it the Zygon inversion, that episode? Invasion think, and then inversion. Yeah. No, and I, I just think, because for me so much of the doctor you know what the doctor done you know uh that little whole genocide thing with his own race yeah that chestnut <laughs> um like it 
<laughs> he let I hated up. the American accent that he put on. You know when he was pretending to be a game show host? That really oh, yeah. ruined the moment for me. I d- it didn't for me, though, because I felt like it stayed true to his character in the sense that he's, he, he, doubt, he, you know, he dips between the, the um, seriousness and less serious. But with the less serious, he combined it with a serious topic. And then, uh, as I was saying, like, I feel like uh, throughout his regenerations, bit by bit, he was letting out bits of his emotions on when he had to, you know, off everyone. And he was, you know, you'd see in little bits he'd get upset about it and that. But I feel like that was sort of the, you know, his the big finale. Mechanism. Yeah, it just it all came out when he was saying he says something doesn't he like um he says like when I close my eyes I hear more screams than you could ever count mm. and that and I think that's when you see he's like he is imploded and he's like no. You can see him like choking up as he's yeah. talking about it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like Capaldi. N- if Capaldi had more like that I feel like if you took Capaldi and put it into Matt Smith's seasons like well some like, so if you I like to sit there and think what would that doctor be like in that episode and I always sit there and think could you imagine what Peter Capaldi would have been like in the Pandorica episode <laughs> he would have fucking ripped them uh, apart he would have like. started kicking the stones down at Stonehenge <laughs> yeah he would have because <laughs> yeah. he's that kind of character yeah. he's just like he does not care and Capaldi had the best outfit out of everybody I have to say <laughs> oh. he did we'll get into fashion yeah. <laughs> Capaldi did have some fantastic that that velvet jacket. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> like he just needed that. Um, but yeah, if you go into season ten, you get Bill, um, who is the gay icon of Doctor Who now because she's apparently apparently a lesbian. Yeah. Well, she is, but like, <laughs> yeah. Um, late the season, liked Missy. I felt like they didn't use Missy enough, given that they were kind of trying to give her this subtle mm-hmm. story and. It was the whole build up to the vault, or what's in this vault, mm-hmm. and then you find that it's just Missy that's in the vault, mm-hmm. and you're just like, yeah, she is the most dangerous person, really. But why is he locked her in a vault? Like, like I just didn't quite get that. Mm. And then he was like lecturing at the school. He was doing not. To be fair, I did like the episode when he's explaining the TARDIS to the school. Yeah, like he's in the class. I liked that. I liked the part when he was acting like a lecturer. It made him feel like he was more connected it, with the world. I liked it. I was sat. There, yeah, I was sat there thinking like, oh my, like if honestly, attendances would you know skyrocket if Peter Capaldi <laughs> was your lecturer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even yeah. if he's just talking about something completely irrelevant, which is what he was doing. Did someone put the hand up about. and <laughs> say, what has this got to do with... Yeah, yeah, some, I don't know what it was. Yeah, he says yeah. something like that. I like... Do you know who his character remind me of? House. In the sense that he was fucking good at what he did, but he didn't really have the people skills. I don't I don't think it was necessarily that. I get what you're saying, and he was very sarcastic. He was very mm. out of place and stuff like that. But what the, I hate the inconsistency with the Doctor. Like It clearly worked for Capaldi because he was depressed because Clara was a wee bit dead and he couldn't remember anything. Um, and it, this was the time that class happened. Mm. So class happened before that season, mm. and then he appears in class which by the way when he appears in the first episode of class a lot of people hate that and I, I really love it because it's like that's what it must be like for people in danger when the doctor just appears and he's just like oh hi everyone <laughs> like, see it's... I think that's where the Sarah Jane adventures did it right and class did it wrong is that that should have been a Doctor Who episode so you see those characters in Doctor Who and then, and the then you see the rep- repercussions all that did was like Peter Capaldi stole the show in the first episode mm. and then you just you like, never seen him again yeah. <laughs> like, where with Sarah Jane she had an episode in the second series and it was like oh introduced to Bark and the audience was up to date with her and then it was like oh what's she doing now and they did a show about her yeah yeah I mean a lot of people really do love the Sarah Jane adventures so we shouldn't get too into that because it's precious to a lot of people <laughs> The only thing I would like to see for the Sarah Jane Adventures is the tricks that come back. More episodes. 
she's dead. I'm, I know. I'm just. Oh, okay. Oh, no. That was. A, <laughs> I, th- I genuinely <laughs> thought you didn't know. I was like, no, that was that was, that was a little rib <laughs> there. Just oh. bring it back. Cool. Uh, yes, more episodes. Um, do you know? There's. I don't ever think about any standout episodes really from season ten. Like the last two. Well, I mean, the episode where Bill gets a massive fucking hole blown in her is great. Oh like, yeah, oh. that's brilliant. And she just stands there like, and I'm like. Wow, <laughs> she's no bolognese. Like, <laughs> I have nothing else to say. Bill as a sideman was always good, though. Yeah, like when that happened, that was that was a standout. It was so well directed as well. Those shots where she was mm. her, and then the camera in yeah. one shot turned around. That really reminded mirror. me of the Tenant episode where they go to the alternative universe and everybody's just been turned into a cyberman. Uh, was that episode. what episode was that? Was uh, that um, Age of Steel? Age of oh, Steel. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, when they go to yeah, the alternative yeah, universe yeah, yeah, for the first yeah, time, yeah, and it's yeah. really dark. Like yeah. I was like, oh no! It kind of reminded me of that because she had to she had to deal with that, and she was like yeah. sentient, like most Cybermen aren't. Mm-hmm. Like, I think sentient. two of the standouts in that season: Empress of Mars, Empress of Mars. Yeah. One is that when they go to Mars and find out that Earth is invading, they have to pick a side between Earth. Or oh Mars. no, is that not kill the moon? No, it's Empress of Mars. The key, the key is in the word Mars. Yeah, I know, but kill the moon had a similar story where like the yeah, moon that one's a giant spider. Uh, yeah, that's on the moon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't remember this episode. And what then, episode and then, was that? Uh, I don't remember the Mars one. And then knock knock, knock Who's knock there? was. Oh, Knock Knock was a good episode because that's the one with the students in the house. Yeah. And like Peter Capaldi he's just there trying to be like a disgruntled non landlord uh, telling you to read the fine print. Yeah, so, so it was a weird t- episode, season, but it didn't work for me. I, I but yeah, Season 10, episode 9 was Empress of Mars, if that helps. So that, Ice Warriors. It, oh, I hated that. that. I hated that yeah, episode. I wasn't a fan of it. I wasn't like mad. I about. definitely, hearing some of these, I definitely think season nine is my favourite. Yeah. Yeah, like but season nine is definitely more memorable. Yeah. But like, Bill was such a good companion. See, they, they had that trilogy in the middle with the monks and it started off really well and ended terribly. Yeah, like the doctor was like in a computer in the Matrix, basically. See, I liked mode. that one. Like, but that, then they did the one with the pyramid, which was okay. And then the lie of the land where... Um, it was like an alternate reality where um, the monks had taken over and they won with Bill loving her mum. Yeah. I just didn't get that. Oh, when uh, he became president of the world. Yeah. (laughs) When the doctor always becomes the president (laughs) of the world because apparently that's what happens. That was just peak Doctor Who though. Mm -hmm. It was like, we've all known that's basically what he is anyway, but they thought, we'll just give him the title now. (laughs) Smile as well was a good one. Smile was the the emoji droids. Oh yeah, that emoji was weird. droids. That was that yeah. was that was an ambient episode, really. But I think it had a. V- it had, I, I think it did good to set up that environment, but I don't think it ever really went anywhere. I feel no. like I feel I like what the issue was was at the end when Stephen Moffat had clearly ran out of ideas. He was just trying to like make something new when he, he should have been doing that at the start. Mm. He wasn't meant to do that season. Um, so the, the, he did an interview uh, after he left. He was meant to leave after he wanted to leave with Matt Smith. Matt Smith convinced him to to stay, and then Matt Smith left. And then he was going to leave, and they had the idea of Peter Capaldi, and then ended up doing that. Then he was meant to finish after season nine, and someone was meant to take over. I think it was Chris Chris Chibnall was was already in it at that point, and but he wanted to finish off Broadchurch, so he's like, you need to do another season. So that's why he like wrapped everything up with Clara and River Song. It's like this is it. We're 
and then it was like oh you have to do another one so he started again and then he was meant to finish at the end of season 10 with the last episode and then Chris Chibnall was like I don't want my first episode to be a Christmas episode so then he had to force out um, twice that glorious Christmas Uh episode with sexist first doctor Mm. (laughs) how do we all feel about sexist first doctor I mean, first of all, before we get on to, you know, the the little matter of sexism, um, <laughs> David Bradley did play that really well. Yeah, he plays that very oh, well. Oh, yeah, it's not his fault. In fact, the special they did with him playing William Hartnell was incredible. Yeah, yeah it's really good. It's mm-hmm. got, I don't know, it's got such a high production value. Like, it's such... Have you ever seen an invention in space and time? No. It's very good. Like, it's very, very good. You should watch it. I like David Bradley as an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, do you know when I first seen him, I was like, "That's Finch." I yeah. was like, "That's Felch. Finch." Felch. Yeah. So no, Mr. Finch. No, it's Felch. Mr. Felch. Okay, Mr. Felch. Um. Okay. So yeah, I mean, the Doctor season ends with the bit, what I think is one of his best speeches, the one where he just says to Missy, "He's like, Missy, please be good. Please, mm. just please be good for me." <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's beautiful because we were talking about this earlier about. Missy's arc for that series is learning how to become good and learn to how to become the doctor and then right at the end they're chucking John Sim and the, and he's like what the hell are you doing like we don't do can this. we just talk about you, you did we, we all watched this episode you know the bit when John Sim reveals that he's John Sim and he just pulls <laughs> off yeah. the get up and it's like you didn't do that John <laughs> like it's just like so comical he just pulls the whole yeah. thing off yeah. like a panto villain uh-huh. and I love it that's what he's that's what he was wasn't he he yeah, was very much a panto villain it's the classic master that was he was the master of disguise he's like ha ha yeah, yeah, like, yeah. they always remember the scene of Missy and the master dancing on the roof while the doctor's attached to a gunny and I think it's that brilliant. scene creeps me out so oh, much I think it's brilliant it creeps me out like, I, I just love wish it. there was more of it that yeah they i feel like they wasted johnson a little but they brought him back and it was that contrast and it, you finally put miss in that position are you going to be the master or are you going to be the doctor and there's that speech and it was that the doctor's pretty much saying um being good isn't doing it for sure isn't doing it you know for your personal benefit it's doing it because it's the right thing to do even though you know i'm probably butchering it he says it much better but even though, you know, no one would be there to see it. And that's why he stares and fights, because no one would be there to see it. Then Missy goes off with the master, and at the last minute she changes her mind and does what the right thing is and goes, I'm going to go stand with the doctor, and then gets killed. And no one will ever know about that. But she finally made the decision to stand with the doctor and, you know, live by what the doctor said. She did what was right and what was good, even when no one will know about it and you don't benefit from it in fact you're dead you know so I, I thought just, it was beautiful I just feel like I would have loved to have seen Missy and the Doctor fighting the Cybermen because part of me sits there and thinks if Missy was there they might have just done it like I just, mm. I, part of me thinks that like you know Missy would make a good um, well would have made a good um, spin-off mm. I, why, have, have they never done that for audiobooks yes they have done it okay if you've thought about it they've done it like, face of both spin-off yes she has a spin-off <laughs> she was in river song series they actually did a river song i haven't listened to it where they brought back loads of masters for river song to battle off with oh a bit they did <laughs> <laughs> that's like river songs ideal <laughs> like, um i would yeah i mean M- messi she had a good ending she had a good run and i genuinely thought that they would keep that was Stephen Moffat though he's like I'm not letting you keep Missy I know Missy's the only yeah. good thing I've done in recent years you can't have her Chris Jibno and Gilda <laughs> and like, it was great the line um, is it when 
John Sim says something about that, you know, he's the future, all women, all girls or something. And Capaldi's just like, we can only hope. And like, the beautiful setup to what we have now. As, 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 although it's I just think how Capaldi just looks at me. He's like, oh, is the future all women? And Capaldi's like, we can only hope. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just looks at me with such anger. He hates him. Yeah. I think like, that was such, um, it was such shit foreshadowing though. Yeah, but we didn't know at that point. And at that, I, I think at that point, people were still like, they wouldn't do it. No, they I think... I think well, I mean, as soon as I heard that, I thought, right, well, that's decided then. They wouldn't have put that in otherwise. But I'm sure they wouldn't have... Oh, actually, they wouldn't have had Jodie Whittaker cast, but Chris Chibnall has come out and said... It would be a woman. It, it was going to be a woman no matter yeah. what. So, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I just I mean, think it was very forced. You yeah. would have preferred it if they, uh, they had, like, a name and they rearranged the letters and it says woman. Yes. That's a nice reference to your film there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the sexual tension kills me, boys. <laughs> like, But... Yeah, so Capaldi has his big speech and then he goes into the third, this collapses. I did like the bit when the big explosions happened and he was like, oh, I thought there would be stars. I was like, that broke my heart. I was like, Capaldi, don't do this to me. I've, I've came too far with you. Don't leave me. And then he goes into the TARDIS. Well, no, sorry. Bill carries him into the TARDIS. Bill's girlfriend, Alien, comes for the first episode, cures her of a cyberman-ness. Okay. That and then weird. That was straight, just... That, that, was, that, that was, was straight just like it's fine Bill's fine yeah. don't worry about it it's done wasn't very that straight um, <sighs> and then she gives the doctor a kiss and the doctor comes back <laughs> for me that's where the season ends he regenerates there and nothing the first doctor never appears I cut it off but that's <laughs> yeah. that's not what happens no, is it, no, it is no, it bloody women <laughs> <laughs> no oh no what, well, what I meant no, is I the, 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 the you, Christmas yeah, episode yeah I'll get you but, no, I, but, me- I meant bloody women to be fair though, but for some people <laughs> to be fair though the ending of that episode when he like he goes out and he digs his hands into the snow and he's like oh I'm not I will not change because he knows if he doesn't change he's going to just explode <laughs> he's just going to die um, but like I like that scene when the first doctor is walking and they're talking to each other and he's like who's this mm-hmm. and it's like and he's like oh yeah I'm, I'm he's like oh yeah I'm the doctor and he's like no 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 no, no, no. you're not I'm the doctor I'm the doctor and women shouldn't drive <laughs> <laughs> why does he sound like Winston Churchill <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so much better he's like... old and posh they all sound the same <laughs> okay tarnish everybody with the same brush okay that's what he did just white supremacists in this case but what was the Christmas episode actually a bit like I know it was a sexism. Bit, <laughs> have a holly jolly Christmas. There's no sexism in the air. <laughs> but even the thing is, right? Even if they are trying to reference that we are at a different time, it doesn't make sense that they use the first Doctor for that because he's not from the 1960s. He's from Gallifrey. <laughs> so why is why what? I don't understand it. I. Even even though it doesn't make sense anyway, if it did make sense, it still doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> How poetically put, James. <laughs> I can tell that you stayed up at night that night and just had to think about it. I mean, do you know what I did? This is this yeah. This is quite sad. Yeah. I, well, what I really didn't like about that you made episode, a Venn diagram. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I, I really didn't like the music in that episode because it was Mirigold just like, oh, I'm not doing another episode, so I can't be bothered. Here's everything else you've already heard before. Here's Doomsday over the first Doctor chatting with Bill. Doesn't make any sense. So I stayed up all night, you were right, rewriting the music for some of the scenes. 
And how did it? Was it better? I submitted it for an assignment, and it went well. Should should we see that sometime, boys? I like this. Can do. It's on YouTube. Oh yeah, James makes music for films and TV. Well, not actual films and TV, but like hopefully one you, day. Did you just say your film's not an actual film? I mean, it's not though, is it? Okay. It's hardly. You're not well, you can say that. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> My music is actual music. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say your film's not an actual film. It's not. My, it's not my place to say. It's it's, it's not my place to say, but I'll say it. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to see Kieran's film? Yeah, we'll get onto Kieran's. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Let's do a live reaction, a commentary. Yeah. Oh, we can. Don't worry about it. I'm fine with that. Cool. Oh, he's he's humble, ladies. <laughs> anyway, so the doctor finally regenerates. Jodie Whittaker and they have to cut over his speech oh he, he does have a wonderful speech it's incredible it is that's heart wrenching um, yeah and he's like oh I know they'll get it all wrong without me and he says oh I suppose one lifetime one more lifetime won't kill anyone well except me I was like whoa like, <laughs> that's grim Peter and then yeah he does he does have one of the most it is actually my favourite regeneration speech I think because it's just so Oddly sad and powerful, and yet still so Peter Capaldi. Like, <laughs> it's a bit mad. Mm. And the message in it is very clear. It's basically like, you know, he knows that this regeneration is going to be different, and he's basically just don't be a cunt, please. Mm. <laughs> just don't be. I think the line that got me was, um, where is it? It's the fact that the TARDIS is going as well. And he's, yeah, it's like he's, he's talking, talking to the TARDIS. To the TARDIS. Mm. Uh, he, he, I've got the speech up, and he is answering the TARDIS, like questions we can't hear. So it goes up. You're going to read this, I expect an accent. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> what is the TARDIS accent? Doctor. <laughs> well, no, no, it just goes, it makes the TARDIS noise, and then he goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, yes, yes, I know. So he's answering the TARDIS, and I'm like, I like that, because we yeah. can't, like, we can't hear this full conversation, but it's still gut-wrenchingly powerful. It's like <laughs> Ash and Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was the fact that, okay, so he starts to talk to himself, doesn't he, towards the end? Yeah, yeah. So he starts off talking to the TARDIS and then to himself, but he's still answering the TARDIS. So so it goes like so the TARDIS goes and he goes, Yeah, I know. Then it goes TARDIS goes again, he goes, Well, I suppose one more lifetime won't kill me. TARDIS goes again and he goes, You wait a moment, Doctor. So it's almost like he's talking to the TARDIS and himself at like simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, that happens quite often a lot. And I just don't think it's ever really mentioned on because I, I, I like it. I mean, the, the when they did that was the Matt Smith episode where they actually made the TARDIS a uh, woman. And of course, yeah. the TARDIS was a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he has that, yeah. Um, but I, I really like that idea. He's always had a little relationship with his TARDIS. Like, they well, even they make that. jokes at it. Like, it. Rose they, is like, do you want some time alone? You do or something. I, I mean, they do he say that. He wants that, that like, TARDIC. The TARDIC. <laughs> 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 Ah, uh, that was great. No, but they, they always do say that the TARDIS is its own living being, mm. don't they? Even yeah. though, like, the Doctor completely smashes fuck out <laughs> it every single time he regenerates. Um, also, can we talk about that then? Do you think that the TARDIS had an issue with Jodie Whittaker taking over? Because the TARDIS was like, you get the fuck out of here. But that was because the TARDIS was going to blow up. Yeah, um, I think that's why it was going to blow yes, up. Yes, it's like, we must save, my friend. But one of the things I hated was the amount 
and to be honest, I partook as well. How many people on Twitter did you see making women driver jokes <laughs> when, when oh. she pressed the button and the TARDIS blew up? She pressed one but button. I think that's the thing. That was clever. I think they did that on purpose. To get people that, talking. Exactly. They wanted the to get was, people on Twitter going. Look, there were, there's, I always say this. It was a great idea that wasn't executed well mm. because there were more people talking about Doctor Who than ever yeah. were before. They, it was like interviews at like red carpets for films that have nothing to do with Doctor Who but it was a sci-fi related and they'd ask someone like oh what do you think of the Doctor being a woman like if it wasn't the Doctor being a woman Doctor Who would never have been brought up in that situation yeah. it was a great way of marketing the new series it was just executed very very badly and that's why I think people struggle to see that there's a difference between I can you know just because I I you know look at the new season and think wow that was awful people instantly say oh, you don't want yeah, a woman as a doctor I'm like relax we've all just spoke about how much we love Missy as the master so we don't have a problem with the yeah, time yeah, lords yeah, yeah. changing gender but you know er, you know every idea you know needs to be executed well or it's just an idea and that's all it ended up being because they didn't if they they were, they were played it too safe they didn't even want to bring up that the doctor was a woman except like in two lines throughout the whole series um and it's it was a waste of a of an opportunity to completely revitalize the show and it did the exact opposite i mean i feel like it would have been funny if like when she looked in you know when she looks in she sees she's a woman and she goes oh brilliant i think it would have been so funny if she just if she'd made a reference to matt smith's line of oh i'm still not ginger because that yeah. would have been the completely opposite yeah. thing yeah. to be like questioning but that's the difference between um skewing expectations in a good way and be like everyone's waiting for to make a reference and she does that other than just not referencing yeah, it all. Brushing under the carpet. Yeah, and just yeah. be like, oh, we we know we're going to annoy some people because we've changed the gender, so, gender, so we just won't speak about it. No, you have to own it. So, yeah. um, so I personally don't have an issue with Jodie Whittaker. I have no issue with any woman playing the Doctor. In fact, I think the person after Jodie Whittaker should be a woman it as well. It probably will be as well. And I think I, it should be I... Phoebe Waller-Bridge from oh, Fleabag. Yeah. That is the perfect, I think, woman for the job. Do you know Phoebe Waller-Bridge from no. Fleabag? No. Um, oh yes, I do actually. She was. I think was she in the second season of Broadchurch? Was she? Don't know. Don't know. She was. In, didn't she voice Thingy in Solo? Yeah. The K, droid. K three. Was it Alpha? Uh, possibly. She's 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 very very um, she's very very well known now for uh, Fleabag. Um, I I know someone in Fleabag, but I don't know if it's her. So. Um. So yeah, she's very very good. And I would have hardly that job because she would be great at it. Jodie is good at it, but I don't think Jodie's playing herself. I think like, I think like when you play the doctor, you have to bring a part of yourself into it. I agree. I think I cringe too. I, a lot of it is down to the writing, but I find myself cringing. Like if if you don't mind me just borrowing a northern accent here, <laughs> it's like someone will bring something up like sheep, and you go, "Ah, oh, I love sheep," <laughs> and all the time are sausages. Yeah. I love sausages, yeah. and I'm like, Shut but then up. she contradicts herself because in one episode she goes, "Oh, I love a conspiracy," and then in the a later episode she goes, "I hate conspiracy." Yeah, yeah. it's just it's, it's annoying. Like, I don't like Jodie Whittaker. I don't like Jodie. You don't like Jodie as a person. You don't like Jodie as an actor. I don't like her as an actor. I don't know how she plays the character. I don't like Phoebe Waller-Bridge as an actress. What I would like to see is Olivia Colman. Mm. I agree with that, yeah. Or like older. Mm. Like, like, you know. like not young, not like reaching out to younger audiences, like a, a, a Capaldi equivalent. Mm. Almost. Like, I think they've missed their opportunity with that, though. No, yeah. I just yeah. felt that we would have made Capaldi's series better. If, if I was doing Capaldi's series, I would have had his companion be an older woman. 
Could you imagine just that little old old couple yeah. walking with the TARDIS? It would have been so fun. That would have been good. Yeah. And it would have been great. And just imagine you, old women do not take anyone's shits, right? Mm. So you can imagine, like, she's under threat from aliens. He says something. She just, she just smacks him on the back yeah, of the head. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's... I feel like when you have a character like Capaldi, give him something to play off of that's not a young woman. Mm. Because the Doctor, in his essence, is old. And I've always wanted to see the Doctor have, like... A, an older, an older companion. companion. I think that Bradley Walsh doesn't count. Bradley Walsh, <clears throat> there's just something I love about the old man, old woman thing. Dynamic, like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's something about that that I like. And Bradley Walsh isn't that old. Like, do you know what no, I mean? No, he's not. So I, I think what you said about Bradley Walsh earlier is, is bang on, and it pretty much sums up the whole series. It's like them attempting to please anyone and everyone they can by picking things out, yeah. and that's one of them. I think Bradley Walsh is probably one of the better parts of the series, but that doesn't say a lot for it. Because if we're going into that first episode, if you, com- if you compare that episode to other First Doctor episodes, like The Eleventh Hour... Who who's the who's the alien in the eleventh hour? Like, I could. Uh, it's Prisoner Zero. Like, or, or there's, a, there's a big eyeball. No one actually cares. What people care about is Matt Smith and the new companion and how they interact. And they did that with Rose as well and Christopher Eccleston when when Russell T Davis took over. But with um, Jodie Whittaker's first episode, Chris Chibnall only seemed to be bothered about the plot of that episode and served the characters hardly any time Jodie Whittaker's not really interacting with the characters as characters she's just like talking about the plot to them she's just reading a script yeah I mean look yeah. at Eccleston's first episode and how he's introduced yeah when he grabs Rose and says oh hi like and he, yeah. they just chat like and yeah. you just get the relationship David can... Tennant when he first appears he literally was quite happy to kill an alien yeah. like he, but he threatened them and he got so so he threatened these aliens who were threatening earth and he says you go away or I will kill you mm-hmm. and then they go back down and they shoot them, them and you see yeah. him turn on them because okay. oh, he has a force for pace here's what did what did what did that episode do for Jodie's doctor like what it, did she do here's how I say this I think like James said it's very much okay so I think Jodie Whittaker does seem like she's reading off a script yeah now I don't think that's her fault I think all the other doctors that have came before have had something to go off they haven't really had to bring any massively new dynamic because it's also previously been a white male she's had something new that she's had to bring to it so i can't blame her that she struggled to do that and i think if we see her now in a second season she is going to come back a lot more confident and i don't think it's going to be as bad i just think that with this first season it's just seemed like this this whole first season they've been too paranoid I've had mm. no issue with Jodie personally. I actually quite I feel a bit refreshed when I watch Jodie. The companions though. on it. I feel like there is too many companions, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's too much of an issue and a disassociation between Doctor Who being a fictional program and a political agenda. That's think, yeah, they did too much at once. Yeah, you've you've got a female Doctor, great. Yeah, you've also got an Asian companion, an old companion, and then a black dyspraxic companion. It's, it's too much all at once. I don't necessarily think it's too much, but I think if you're going to tackle the amount of serious topics they tackle as well, Give you, have to, enough representation. Like, you have to yeah, do it that's, right. That's bang on. You, yeah. you, you have to get it right. You yeah. can't do it half. half but then it does look like you're just doing it to tick a yeah. box. Yeah, to How many to times do you hear people? about Ryan's dyspraxia? 
you see it affect him twice, maybe, in the whole thing. And yeah, I feel like that true. doesn't give him enough representation as t- a t- Take Ryan person. aside. Ryan is a fucking pain in the ass, And I'll tell you for why. Because do you remember that episode when they're walking about the forest? Yeah. And they, they're, they, they're not the forest. They're in the desert and they get surrounded by these robots. And he picks up a gun and tries to shoot them. Oh, and the doctor God, says yeah. to him, don't do that. It won't work. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't use guns. It's not going to work. And he does it anyway. And he nearly gets himself killed. No, it's, it's when, like, the, it's when there were those spiders there, and he's like, "Doctor, these spiders are bigger than the normal spiders." Yeah, it's, it's almost like, like mate. Oh my god, look! <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what I think one of the like storylines they try to use that I think summarized that series for me was um, Ryan and his dad. Mm-hmm. And him and his dad have this like sort of broken relationship. They're taking on quite a serious topic, affects a lot of people. And then his dad borrows them his uh, new microwave oven. Like, they, they have a serious conversation. He doesn't, you know, he's not getting on with his dad. He's like, oh, no, dad, like, whatever, you know, you're not going to be part of my life and all this. Then his dad borrows them his microwave oven. <laughs> and it ends with Ryan saying, I love you, dad. And I'm like, it was a microwave oven. No, it was <laughs> but all epi- of a sudden, it's like, oh, I can't believe you sacrificed that. It was an episode of Hollyoaks. Yeah, it was, it was an yeah, episode well. of Hollyoaks. Like, your impression of Ryan is spot on there. <laughs> Go on, drop it. No, it's it's because he says little things, just like "oh yes," and I'm like, Ryan, shut up. <laughs> there was, look, every single character has their reason to be there and, and to rewrite. That's just the thing it. as well. It's like I thought the Christmas episode resolution because they released a poster of Jodie Whittaker in a rainbow scarf and this was going to confirm that everybody believed that Jodie Whittaker's daughter was going to be a les for Yaz, right? It was going to be great. <laughs> There's a right? lot of that online. There was yeah. a lot of that. Not even online. Everyone yeah. knows it, right? <laughs> and they, they yes. even mentioned that in an episode when Yaz's mum says, oh, are you two going out? And they're like, and Jodie's like, I don't think so. Are we? <laughs> like, and you know, like I like the way that Jodie reacts to certain things. I love her. I love her accent. I love everything about her. She does bring a level of character to it. No, she, she does. She just needs to just it was, be um, herself. It was the, it was the episode. Uh, fuck, I can't remember what the what the whole joke was, but it was great when she says something about um. Right, you'll remember it. I know you will. But the the punchline for the whole thing is when she went, or am I? The Banksy one. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The Banksy oh, one was Yeah, that like, was good. I did like was that. Was that, really was well line. that was in Rosa. That was in when they were yeah. in the hotel, yeah. <laughs> like that. He's like, you can't just draw things on the wall like Banksy. And he's like, oh, yeah. No, like, but you're she, not Banksy? He's like, you, wow. you're not Banksy? Or am I? <laughs> like, those, that's that's authentic yes. Jodie Whittaker doctor. And like, the thing is, it, it, that you, with other series, and this is kind of my problem, is that every other actor has been able to pull every, most jokes like that off yeah. and she's done it once and I, I, that this is this is what I can't work out because up until that first episode I was so excited for Jodie Whittaker to play the yeah. Doctor because I, I love Broadchurch and my favourite thing about Broadchurch was Jodie Whittaker she was by far the best actor in all of that she beat David Tennant for me in that and I was like okay I can't I haven't seen her playing anything like the Doctor, but if she can outdo David Tennant, then you know. <laughs> David Tennant was having fucking none of that. So he, <laughs> so he, so he sabotaged the script. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, like, yeah, he swapped the script before the pilot went out, and like nobody knew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Chris Chibnall never turned up on shooting day, so he was like, "What the fuck?" And then he'd already done <laughs> the party, that's... and they're like, "Well, we can't change the, it now." The pilot went out, and he just tweeted, "Yeah, I didn't write this." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but th- another thing is, Chris Chibnall wrote Broadchurch as well, and I just can't work out I just what think went wrong. Chris Chibnall. That's a great thing. Like that was a good point to make. Like he wrote the same fucking show, 
and yet couldn't write for a character. I, I and I think if it's anything, I, it's he's he doesn't understand Doctor Who because that's the only thing yeah. he's wrote for before I act- that I don't like. I actually think and have thought for a very, very long time that Doctor Who is cast. And it, it wouldn't matter who you put writing that. It doesn't matter who show runs it. It doesn't matter who acts in it. It will always have good points and it will always have severely terrible points. The issue is, to me, is that every series of Doctor Who has something good about it and it always has something bad about it. And I think the thing that saves most seasons of Doctor Who are the actors that play the character because it's the character that we fall in love with, mm. not necessarily the stories. There's just some that we, 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 we enjoy more than others. And I think that one of the things that really bothers me is, for as much as I like Jodie Whittaker, she's not had that moment of, like, this is, you know, this is this is peak Jodie Whittaker. She didn't do a speech. She didn't do, like, the typical things that we associate with the Doctor. And I feel like that's what Chris Chibnall's trying to do. He's trying to make Doctor Who his perfect version of Doctor Who. That's and that's not same. everyone else's version of Doctor Who. Doctor Who's, like, supposed to be fun and witty and charismatic and a bit silly. But... He didn't want to bring in any old characters. He did say that every villain in the series would be new villains. He didn't want to bring people like that. And when maybe just this once, I would say bringing a Dalek and not at the Christmas episode because that doesn't count. But like bringing these ca- these characters that we know in, yeah. like the Rani or something. Everybody's wanted the Rani to come back. That's practically a new character if you just I think bring them in. But the issue with Doctor Who, and it w- it will just get worse. This will never get better. It will always get worse. Is is that? It's one of those shows that has such a wide audience because people will continue to watch it. As people get older, they will still watch it. So at the moment, they're trying to please people that are 12 and up. And they're also trying to help, like, kind of impress people that watched it when they were kids. Like, they've got such a wide you're audience trying to, to yeah, pander You're trying to. to appeal to two different audiences. Like, and that's, I like to look at Doctor Who. That in can't the same. be an easy feat. Mm. I feel like Doctor Who is kind of similar in the same thing as, like, the Teletubbies where we'll refer back to the Teletubbies. You grow out of watching the Teletubbies, I would hope. Because if you get to, like, 10 and you're watching the Teletubbies, that's a bit embarrassing, right? You need to have a word. There's a point where we all kind of grow out of these things and then we watch more sophisticated sci-fi, like maybe Killjoys or fucking Star Wars. I don't know. But But Doctor Who, you carry on. Doctor Who, you stick with it because you do enjoy it, but there has to come a point when you have to go, this show isn't made for me. I like, will, I will you know, open, someone needs like, to have that conversation with me. I think I will call it now. <laughs> James. <laughs> <laughs> I will call it now. This is the same issue that Marvel will face in a long time mm-hmm. because we're going to continue watching it until we're old age. But the new kids are going to start wanting it. Is, is like, I will die never seeing the full ending to the MCU. You could. That possibly will happen. Like I'll, I'll just die and then... But, They'll like, bring in Galactus, and I'll be like, "Well, I'll never see that." Bye. But that's the thing, like, I think Marvel will go through that same issue. They, like, we will continue to watch it. They'll continue to to put films out, but there's going to come a point where they've also got to pander to these these new audiences, and there's going to be that mismatch. I I I see where you're coming from, but I also think that um that you know I don't want to take it apart, but that's going too easy on them because I think when they've been given the platform they have when they've been given the show that they have you know it's already got its audience it's already got a great history you just build on it it's got so big that America now has it like, yeah. well America, yeah I, I think, think like, like 10 years doesn't make much of a difference on 60 years like you know it, it's all from day one when Russell T Davis took it over that was still a thing you have kids and you've had people have been watching it for 50 years but I'd argue that as a society we've developed more over the last 10 years than the previous 60 years 
but society has started moving very I, fast i agree but i wouldn't say in the sense that that would change nothing that would change our outlook um incredibly on the way that this show is portrayed and the audiences it's meant to reach i think i i you know obviously i've developed in certain ways and stuff since i first started watching it but i still think that it's it's it should it should be reaching and i think it aims to be reaching the same audience it always has been it's just it's not good enough at this point but that's the thing like the audience that it's always been reaching isn't us i, it's no, like I think our it parents is. from when, the, when they were kids no but no since the reboot though since the reboot yeah fair enough but i think that that's that's another complication like where do you class the start of doctor who you know they've got now they've now got two audiences that are going to watch it from when they started and well, it's still technically the same show well, I think like the Not longer the you've been continuity. watching it, the less impressed you feel by it. So like, when you watch Doctor Who for the first time when you're younger, you're like, oh, wow, this is wonderful. And then you get really dark stories in there and you get really comedic stories in there. Like, I'm sorry, but the, the whole storyline with the master and the drums, mm. that is a dark story. Yeah. But if you're young, you're not really going to understand. You're just going to think, this guy's a madman. Mm. Like, that's it. Like, when you're younger. When you're, <laughs> the doctor looks but, like Gollum. But when, but when you're older, you realise that the master is actually not okay and he yeah. needs some help. Yeah. So you can look at the deeper layers there. And as I say, I will never go back and watch this season of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who and go, do you know what? Actually, now that I'm older, I understand this. Because the Rosa episode, for as much as I love it, it was very in your face. But the best part about that episode is the scene on the bus when this man, whose mm. wife of a different ethnicity has just been fucking murdered, he has to go into this bus and kick a, make sure this black mm. woman gets kicked off this bus. He has to deal with that. Mm. That's something that, like, you just... that That is by far the best part about that episode. Like, when people say that that episode's uncomfortable, good, it right me yeah, fucking... Yeah, yeah. i tell you what, the, the, no, killing yeah, yeah. Of, the killing of Ryan's nan was just... Oh, they yeah. tried to make you, it shocking. But it doesn't you really see, make sense either. Like, she wasn't in any of mm. the trailers. Like, we didn't even know she was a fucking character until that pilot episode. Everyone knew she was going to finish yeah. that episode dead. This, I honestly thought, like, well, so she's died, are they, and they're just going to go on adventures in time and space. Like, it's absolutely it was, fucking They moved on fucking quickly. Yeah, yeah they, but to they, be fair, the be funeral fair. was like, was it the next day or something? Like, yeah. Because yeah. the doctor was there. She hadn't got a new clothes yet. She was still wearing her old clothes. Yeah, she hadn't. She didn't have the TARDIS either because the TARDIS was the ghost monument. Which so I, they just, I think is another yeah. one of those things. Like, that, that, they tried to do with the ghost monument what they did with the hybrid where it was like, no one's... No, like, throughout this episode, no one's going to know what it is and then we'll reveal it. It'll be a big twist. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew the ghost monument was the TARDIS. Yeah. It, the clue is in the name. So they're just... I think... I think Sorry, I'm I, passionate. I don't think they've achieved balance to that Thanos balance in this last season because I think you know you get episodes like the, my favorite episode was the Rosa Parks one, and in it you know they're dropping they're dropping you know racial slurs in it, and you, you're really feeling the real effects of it. And it's these two characters talking about you know the uh, racial slurs in modern day, but they're obviously um, in whatever decade it was. And you know they do that fantastically. The whole scene you want about on the bus is fantastic, but then you think it didn't feel very Doctor Who-ish. And I understand mm. they're doing what they're meant to do well, but you, you're meant to also make it feel I would partly argue that like Doctor Who can be at its very, very best when it goes back to its roots, which was a history show. I agree, but you still have to get that Doctor Who feeling With the Vincent it, Van Gogh episode, th- for example. I think but it, they're what is failing. The, what is the authentic Doctor Who feel? Is it aliens? Is it... Look at Vincent and the Doctor again. Well, like, I, I, for me, and this, this is my big issue with that series, is that Doctor Who, for me, is... Th- the doctor he, who is he like it's in the name but uh, Oshi, and how people interact with that and you put them in different situations my problem with the series is to try and please everyone the doctor was almost a perfect character 
And then if you compare that with Christopher Eccleston's first series, he was a faulted character and it took Rose mm. to make him a better person. Now, the Doctor is almost perfect throughout the series. In fact, I can't think of anything that she does wrong. She's like, nothing sticks to mind. There might be, but nothing as fundamental as like with Christopher Eccleston where he's about to kill a Dalek who's turning good and Rose is like, no, this is the wrong thing to do. The companions don't challenge the Doctor and they don't have character. There's Bang no on. one to invest 100%. in. 100%. There's no one to invest in. Like, Yaz is a police officer and that's forgotten about. But Martha is a doctor and that is used throughout that whole series. It is fundamental to her, her character. She goes back in time and someone tries to say, you shouldn't be a doctor. And then she does the whole thing. It's like names all their bones in a hand. And it creates a character that we become invested in. There is nothing about any of those characters to become invested in, including the doctor, because she's just perfect. And the sad thing is, is I do feel that Bradley Walsh's Damn. character is the only character that is worthwhile looking after because mm. he's he's going on these adventures because he's that's him grieving. He says that he's like, I can't stay here mm -hmm. without her. I can't do it. Like, I need. If they focus I, more on that, that would be focus more like that. That because that is what it is. It's the duality. Like Capaldi's duality was: was he a good man? Mm. Yep. Like that was his whole arc. It was like, am I a good man? The whole bit with Missy when Missy says, "Oh, you don't have to be a good man. You can be like me," which politely coincides when he tries to make her good you mm -hmm. know because she tried yeah. to make him a bit bad yeah and she's like oh you know this is this is for you sort of thing and he said like, i'm not a good man and i'm not a bad man either i don't have to be either like but it's know. like it's like going back to bradley walsh's character you know he loses grace but apart from that episode where she comes back they don't speak about it no. it's not a scene in an episode where you know, they're like, oh, how he doesn't speak, you know, to Ryan, like, how are you doing? Like, he's not, he doesn't really care about it Ryan. It feels like you know, once the story's the, done, it's done. The yeah. over, this, this is another thing as well. There was no major, like, think of every single Doctor Who series. There is always an overarching plot that comes to a culmination at the end. There wasn't really a major one for this. Tim Shaw. But even no, then. No, no, it's, like, no, I'm Tim Shaw. Think, sure. think <laughs> about it, think about it, think about it. If uh -huh. the overarching plot for this series was Graham and his grief. Yeah. Right? Every episode had some really dark moment of him taking some kind of like some deep reflection on everything or something that reminds him of Grace or something like... And then at the end is him accepting it. That would have been such a unique overall plot. Get rid of Yaz. Yeah. Because she's not a character and have it with Ryan and even Graham if, even if they travelling brought, together. Even if they brought Yaz back in another season. Or like, yeah. is she? Oh, she's what, a reoccurring she character. Or is she never existed and came back in the season coming? If they'd have done that, like that what they did great. with Rory, so they give the Doctor and Amy that season to yeah. develop and then bring Rory yeah. in as a full-time companion. And then Rory's like, "What the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but legit, if they'd have done Graham's grief and his coping of all of this as the overarching theme of that series, well, I mean, it Chris Chibnall so did say better. that this would be the first season that didn't have an overarching plot. And as soon as I read that, I was like. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's the I thought he was lying, that, like yeah. to try and you know make us stop speculating it's so we could surprise us. Part I of want to who series series. I genuinely want, and I, and I genuinely believe this, and I'm not saying this uh, because I'm that I'm that guy, but when you have a man like Chris Chibnall write for a woman like Jodie Whittaker, there is an issue because mm. he can't write for a woman, and I think like that's not me saying that guys can't write for women. Like I'm just saying that. When you've got a woman taking over that role, why not get those so, great women in sci-fi who would love to do Doctor Who? But my my argument for that would be that he, 
look at Broadchurch, it was incredible. Like, I, I mean, I don't have you. I don't know if you've seen it, but for for me, that she was a standout, and he wrote every single episode of Broadchurch. And that, so here's the, the thing: the, though, like, the red line should have been like, if you look at any Doctor Who episode with Chris Chibnall prior to him showrunning, it was terrible. I don't yeah, think that falls was, on yeah. Chibnall, and I'll tell you why. Think of the writing process: you got Plutters and Panthers, right? You've got the plotters who go through and write down bullet point of what happens. That's Chibnall. Right, then the Panthers, what they're there for is to know the characters and they're there to basically fly by the seat of their pants and say, this is what the character does in that scenario. That's not Chibnall. That's not his thing to do. Mm-hmm. And like, don't get me wrong, if he wants to come in and do that, that's his shout. But I don't think throughout that process, the, you know, now there's multiple writers. He's just there to basically say, this is what happens. That's it's the other writers yeah. to say, this is what the he Doctor does. He wrote the does. first five episodes as well. He co-wrote Rosa. But no other writer's done that. They write maybe the first two and then come yeah. back in the middle and towards the end, let other voices come in. Um, I just feel like there's no... Th- th- this season of Doctor Who just felt like a sitcom. Yeah. And there was a situation every week mm. and they had to get through yeah. it. It felt like a CBBC sitcom. Yeah. Which is where I think... Oh, what is Sarah Jane Adventures? Very, yeah, there, no, there even there the Sarah Jane Adventures. lines are... that are quite similar. There are things that are very similar to Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. And it was Tracy Beaker. <laughs> <laughs> As in a, space, <laughs> Tracy Beaker in space. That's Can what we it have was. Tracy, Tracy Beaker play the Doctor. That'd be great. I think that would. Danny, Danny, Danny Har- Devita. Harman. <laughs> Danny Devita. I think. I think. No, it's um. Danny hate ha- like something beginning. Me. I, I can't remember. She's doing like um. She's touring like the country doing club appearances. So she'll be too busy. Wow. <laughs> it should be far too. <laughs> That's, so what, overall, that's what st- students are paying her wages yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. If like, you had, like, straight off the top of the bat, if you had to pick, like, a favourite episode, one favourite singular episode, what would it be? From all, all of Doctor Who. All of Doctor Who. Wow. <laughs> I thought you were going to say just of season. No, 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 evolved. all of Doctor Who. Uh, I, I would say Vincent and the Doctor. That's stuck with me, that episode. I, I, I actually couldn't skip pick one. ahead a minute. <laughs> I'd probably do, no. I'd, okay, I'd go, I'd go the God Complex. Okay. When, what was the God Complex again? When they drop down in the like 1960s style hotel and like every room is like, oh, that's your a very good fear. episode. Yeah, that is good. Um, and that's with Amy and yeah. Matt. Oh, there you go. My favorite episode is a Matt Smith episode, and I'm not a fan of Man's, Matt Smith. Man Smith. Man Smith. Woman Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> that me um i don't know like there's loads of episodes i don't think i've ever picked i'd probably be heaven sent because i really like heaven sent because i like character pieces Mm. and that whole episode is great i mean i think one of the best lines is like oh yeah i'm not afraid of hell hell is just heaven for bad people like Mm. it's like it's like that was the peak of him thinking he was an evil evil man Mm. like and it's not, like, it's mentioned more in season eight, and then by the time you get to the end of season nine, he is like back in that sort of I feel like I am a bad person, like I've let everyone down because he feels the guilt for letting Clara die, even though it wasn't his fault. And someday, I just sometimes I wanted to grab him and go, Peter, she done it to herself. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it but, was funny. What you said earlier is perfect. It it's only Clara. It's only, <laughs> it's only, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's only Clara. Like she knew what she was getting into. Um, but I, I do think, like, you know, jo- like as much as Peter Capaldi's my favourite Doctor, like I think we're a bit more what Jodie Whittaker will be really, really good, and she'll really be a contender for it because I just all I wanted to see this season was angry, was doctor. angry Doctor, fuck yeah, angry, ju- and 
ang- angry Jody. I said this to you from day one, didn't just, I? It's, it's, it's too playful. Yeah. And the Doctor is a flawed character, as you say, and you have to stick to that because mm. just because he's changed to being a woman doesn't mean that he's any different. Mm-hmm. See, I, I, like I he said, or she's any different. I said when, um, when Capaldi came in, I said the same thing. I was like, look, I love Peter Capaldi, but I'm not really going to comment on this Doctor until I see Angry Doctor. So therefore, 10 minutes into the episode, I was like, yeah, I like this Doctor. <laughs> but with Jodie Whittaker, we haven't seen that. There was we, a whole season seen, of just nothing. And I think we've seen, um, you know, we've seen pent up, slightly, slightly annoyed Doctor. We have not seen kick off, going to rip your throat see, out I doctor. thought it was going to come to, you know, when she was tied up in that witch episode and yeah. she almost got a monologue there. And then they just didn't give her just, it. Just, is that the one where she's like, "Oh, you don't have to do this." Like, why would like? Yeah, I can't she's, remember. She's what more she pleading said. than she mm-hmm. is like yeah. actually. Because the doctor in that situation would not plead. And that's what I didn't like about that episode. They really wanted to play off the whole um, like. They, okay, this was probably the episode where they got closest to dealing with the gender thing because she's a woman and it's the time with witches, right? But what the doctor is someone that would wouldn't let anyone stop them, you know. Does it, like humans saying, "Oh, you're a woman," you know, "You're a witch," whatever, and she just sort of felt sidelined. And they let Bradley Walsh's um, character like lead the scenes, just yeah. because in those times that'd be more acceptable. That, this is, almost to make a point, but this is why. Um, this is why. Like, how this is how I would have done the Witchfinder episode, right? She would have been tied up, and she, they would have been they would have been getting ready to burn up. But there's no evidence that she's a witch, really, because mm-hmm. they never ever did. What if? Jodie Whittaker used the screen. So they dunked her in the lake, she regenerated into a man, and they let him go. They were like, whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they were shook, and and Alan Cummings was well into that. (laughs) No, but I think... I think I would have done that episode is you would have had the similar build-up, but, like, instead of making a big grandiose speech right away... She would well, she would make the speech and it would be the greatest speech you've ever heard and you'd be like yes this is it this is definitely the then she would cut herself loose with the screwdriver because that screwdriver can do fucking anything mm-hmm. we all know it can <laughs> like she would just beam right through it like and then they'd be like oh my god she is an actual fucking witch mm-hmm. I am shook and then the speech continues like you know it's like and then when she leaves they're like yeah. fuck witches are real because that is fucking yeah. magic like and then it's like that whole thing that Moffat used to do is that. Like, people believed in witches because of the doctor and a sonic screwdriver yeah, yeah it's yeah, like so. that's that's see what you want a bit more of it but at least they stuck to the charm of the doctor was partially to blame for certain yeah. things no it's happening. not a, it's not a bad thing I, I i liked that it was just that he was known for doing that you know it's, it, there's known for doing it and then there was like getting off on the yeah, fact yeah, yeah, of yeah, doing yeah. it so like, i think I, th- I was just gonna say on that point i think if the you know to sort of be devil's ad- advocate for them I think there was a lot of nearly moments, you know, actually nearly got mm. that monologue. Mm. And perhaps, you know, it, I, I don't think it's good enough, but perhaps, you know, in the next season, that's where they're planning to, like, yeah. you know, and now we'll blow it out of the water. Oh, like, trust me, you, you get your nearly moments, you nearly get that feeling, and then in the next season, perhaps you'll get it. You know, I don't think it's the right way to go, but it's... I'm, mm. I'm not underwhelmed by Jodie Whittaker. I actually think Jodie will be exceptional. Again, will be. And I agree with but, you. But it should have the been. thing that yeah, lets her down is is the writing and it's like the writing's kind of let Doctor Who down for quite a while now but now it's at the point where it physically can't it can't let it down now because no. they have an opportunity to make such an iconic character out of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor and if they fuck that up Doctor Who is dead I'd be very surprised it. if <laughs> the writing did kill it because it's like you were saying with Chris Chibnall doing um, Broadchurch and stuff and when uh Jodie Whittaker was on David Tennant's podcast and they were talking, obviously, you know, they get onto Doctor Who and they're talking about Chibnall and they're talking about how amazing he is at writing and stuff. And everyone talks about how fantastic his writing is. So, like, 
Yeah, but surely... Geordie, Geordie Whitaker can't be in the employ of a no, man. No, yeah. you know, oh, you know what? Oh, the by the way, it's terrible. No, but they don't need to get onto that topic. She would have said, yeah, like, because she knows some episodes weren't received well. So she could have said, yeah, let's not talk about that. Yeah. But instead, you know, she's open to talking about yeah. it. And both of them, um, Tennant as well, both saying, you know, how fantastic his writing is. And a lot of people will vouch for it. And I think, it, uh, like, I don't know. I just think surely you can't balls it up this much. Well, given they took a lot of time off. So, like, they've got the time to, mm. to bring it. But, like, okay. But they took they that did time a, off last year as well. But they did a lot of stuff wrong, right? And they did a lot of stuff wrong outside of the show. Like, for example, they changed the, the day that the show came out. Sunday, yeah. It's always been one way. And I, I get that that's trying to make a message. I do. But... Mate, we didn't even get a Christmas special, did we? Exactly. Believe me, there like... is no, no community that I wanted to be a part of less while that season was coming out than Twitter. Twitter was toxic. Twitter, Twitter was very toxic on the point. I mean, it's kind of talking at a school because we don't have any women here. Sadly, I'm the closest thing we're going to get. <laughs> but like, it's like, I, I looked at Twitter very toxically. I knew at first I was like, no. And I think the best example, the best, the best information about Doctor being a woman came from a woman and it was the best thing that was ever said to me. And she was like, I don't want them to make the Doctor a woman yet because this was the day before it was announced like, I don't want them to make the Doctor a woman because they would just be doing it for the sake of doing it that mm. like at the end of the day you shouldn't do that just because people are saying you have to do yep. this yeah. and she didn't agree with that it's like that's not organic that's not authentic I was like if they want to make the Doctor a woman tomorrow fine I'll be with it but like if they're just doing it because they feel like everybody's saying oh if the next Doctor's a man again I'm not going to watch it well, it's that's like, not right it's strange because but like I, I personally don't have an issue with the gender change because Missy works so well. Mm. But the peop some of the people that have been objectively against the Doctor being a woman mostly have been women to me. Some of them outright call themselves feminists as well. And and it's a similar reason because they felt the most powerful characters in Doctor Who were the women. Yeah. In relation to the Doctor. Mm. And I think it's just oh it's this whole thing has it's been a complete mis misunderstanding of how the show works. And and at the same time, I, I do understand it. If you are going to do it and you are going to get this big audience, then do it right because they're never going to get this again because you've done you've changed to a woman now. If you do it again, it's you're not going to get the same response like last time. Mm -hmm. And they had the highest viewing figures for that first episode since the show's come and back. And that episode was strong. terrible. And yeah. they halved by the end of the series. So my problem with them delaying it a series, which I, I still think could be their plan if if that is, but the problem with that is, well, you've lost... everyone. Half of your audience has gone now. So, you know, you, yeah. you, missed, you missed your chance. They can't... I mean, I feel like they can bring it back. I feel like Chris Chibnall just shouldn't be because all of his episodes prior to him being showrunner were bad episodes. Did he do... Dinosaurs and mm -hmm. spaceship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just that, the that name. says it all. <laughs> so I want to like, ask you guys a question, all of you. And I want to. I'm. I'm just curious about your opinions. Like, do you think they truly like intended to make the sonic screwdriver look suddenly like a sex toy? Because it did, didn't it? And it. It, it was just so. Out I'm going to answer this with my favourite Doctor Who um, anecdote. Okay. Do you remember the comic relief episode with uh, Rowan Atkinson playing the Doctor? Do you remember that yeah. beauty? And he regenerates multiple times, yeah. but he regenerates into the beautiful Joanna Lumley. And no. she makes a joke about 
saying, oh, it's got three settings, but it vibrates as she does it. <laughs> like, so she walks out and she's like, oh, hello, darling. And she's like proper. Like, the How do- have I not seen this? It was because a lot of Stephen people. Stephen Moffat wrote it as well. It's 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 hilarious, right? Joanna Shit. Lumley comes out as the doctor, and she's like, "Oh, let me get my screwdriver." And she pulls it, and she's like, "Ooh, it's got three settings, and it starts vibrating." And that, to <laughs> me, was where the joke of the sonic screwdriver being a phallic instrument but came should, from. Should that be a joke though, in like the main continuity For a kids of the show? show? Exactly, absolutely. But, uh, it's it's very <laughs> underlying though, isn't it? Even if yeah. it is like no, yeah, no, you... no, no, no. I don't mean like is it appropriate for kids? I mean, like. What's the point in them doing it? At like, least, at the very least, I feel like her All it did was create a discussion. At least I feel like her screwdriver actually is, like, it looks alien. Like, yeah. all the yeah. other ones have just looked like hunks of metal stuck together, but hers actually looks like a magician's wand, but alien. But I think there was one <laughs> episode, and it wasn't It wasn't in the reboot, it was one of the old episodes, where they explained that, and they said, um, it's got to look normal, because then it's less conspicuous. Hmm. I mean, I did like the idea that she built it. Yep. Like, yeah, she yeah, built it yeah. from herself. And but it's been suggested that the doctors have built the screwdrivers before, but this is the first time they're physically Yeah, we it. saw it happen. Like, yeah. she had to build a sonic screwdriver in, in that moment. And I, I liked the idea of that, yeah. Uh, like, Jodie had some great parts, and I think Jodie will be great. I just feel like I don't... In the nicest way, I don't really want Chris Chibnall to write for her. Mm. I think, like, the best people that could be writing for her are people who have established themselves in sci-fi. You know, like, you know, I always say that... George Lucas. No, because he's... He's been out of a job for <laughs> 10 years. No, I just feel like... I know, and I, mean, I come back to this, right, and then it's fine. It's like, but there are so many sci-fis, like, that I have seen and in, in that, you know, in, uh, that involve women uh, that are directly invested in by women. Like, have a woman write the Doctor and yeah. see what... a like this writer's perspective of Doctor I think, Who has. I think the the thing that happened with this series as well, and it, you, I thought like you were kind of making the same point because the the problem was they they did what you were suggesting, but they didn't as well. So um, for it the Ro- like- Rosa Parks episode, they got Marley Blackman in, and for the Demons in the Punjab, I can't remember his name, but he was an Indian writer. And he was writing about um, the partition that not many people knew about. So it was like good to get those perspectives. But like you were saying, they were not sci-fi writers. So the sci-fi in those episodes, like in Rosa, the, the, the historical part was great. But the sci-fi parts were rubbish. And the same with Demons in the Punjab. That, you know, the, it was a great opportunity to learn about partition. Like, that's oh no, how live alien scarves. Alien fabric. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the balance that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. They have to find that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredible that Doctor Who is a multicultural show. It always kind of has been. Mm-hmm. And now it's starting to become more open because I'm, I, I will not rest until the Doctor and Yaz fuck. Because let's be <laughs> honest. Let's be I honest. I find that weird because Yaz, would, looks, Yaz you, looks young. Do I know what I would hate more? Do I know what I would hate more though? I would hate the fact that if the Doctor changed gender and then wasn't into women so that she got a companion that mm. was a guy who shared sexual tension mm-hmm. with that to me would be fundamentally wrong because, because that's not the same character it's yeah. not the same mm. character it's it's more like him saying it's more like the doctor sitting there and going oh well, I'm a woman now so now I should go out with a man that's not but right think, like, it would be it would be kind of consistent if she at the moment was still predominantly into women but then like occasionally had a thing with a bloke because like, that's how it is with well, the doctor I, I, I always have said this that the doctor is like 
clearly a bisexual character. Well, yeah, Peter Capaldi be... sort of hinted at it when I think you was yeah when he about said, earlier. Oh, yeah, the master was my man crush. Yeah, but he also says like um, when he's speaking to Bill at the beginning of that episode, he's like, oh, oh like um, us time lords, we're beyond your um, silly little gender things or whatever. You know, we're beyond that. You know, we don't really care. Plus, at one point, someone said something really homophobic to Bill, didn't they? Was it homophobic or racist when he punched him? Oh, it was racist. Oh, it was yeah, racist. Yeah, because yeah, he went back in time and he says, oh, yeah, what are you doing in here? And they just hooked some. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah. great. Um, that is the Capaldi that I love. Yeah. And I want Jodie to be a bit like that. Yeah. I want Jodie to get to her hands To punch someone. Yes. yes. She should have punched. Chris Chibnall in the face. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no, it, well, in the same, well, it had been the same situation, but when Ryan got racially attacked, yeah, yeah. Um, it was Rosa Parks that saved the situation, but that should have been Jodie Whittaker like asserting herself as the doctor, like I'm gonna sort this out. Yeah, I mean I th- I, that's the thing. I feel like you know we've seen we've seen the doctor in many seasons, just to kind of wrap it up. But we've seen the doctor in many seasons um, try to deal with things with a level of calm, and we know sometimes that the doctor just can't because the doctor's uh, like human in his own right, uh, their own right. Let's say you, let's use the pronouns of they. Um, in their own kind of way and I just felt like Jodie's doctor was very oh we must deal with this diplomatically when mm. the doctor isn't always a diplomatic character no. and it just felt every situation they were in had to be diplomatic mm. I mean look at the look at the episode that was set in like Amazon in space you know the Amazon warehouse in space Kablam Kablam and it was about this guy who wanted to blow the place up because of he reasons. wanted to blow the customers up didn't he with bubble wrap Yes. So they were going to send out the parcels and they were going to explode? Yeah, because he was like, what? Something? I don't he know. said he was a freedom fighter or some shit like that. It was like, okay, that seems like the kind of thing that the Doctor would get really pissed off about. Like, But instead, again, she just tried to deal with it diplomatically. It's like, what they are trying mm. to say is diplomacy will always work. And I just want to see Jodie get her hands dirty and go, no, you mm. stop that now, right if, now. Like, if that plot was in a Christopher Eccleston episode, at some point he would come close to pushing that button. They'd push the story to that point. And yeah. then the companion would be the one that reasons them. It happened yeah. with Clara. She was the one that reasoned the doctors in the day of the doctor mm. about pushing the button to, you know, uh, like she says something like, I, I knew you did it. I know. I knew you did this, but I didn't picture you doing this. Yeah. Like in terms of like Matt Smith doing it, and it's like that's always the thing. That's the role of the companion to bring that human element the into this reason. alien character. Yeah. yeah, the voice of reason. Whereas Jodie didn't need it because she's perfect. And it's a shame though because there is a perfect, um, you know, once again the perfect platform for it. Like, like the, I mean, the best thing from this whole season is the amount of, and the, I'll put it exactly the best way to put it: the amount of gammons that were triggered, <laughs> <laughs> that were absolutely triggered by having a female doctor. It, it was beautiful. Like before the season started, it was fantastic. It's just that it's it's all in the execution and i don't know yeah you know, i'm not going to outrightly say oh no you know i don't like jodie whittaker but so far no but i feel like you know i just feel like some things could have been executed better. Like, let's get a peak jennifer saunders here <laughs> she would have executed it better yeah i mean like this is the thing it's like you want someone who can write comedy for doctor who and you want people that can do dark like you know why is the showrunner not a team of people yeah. like you know like you know why does it always have to be one person doing it charlie like, brooker 
Because <laughs> you imagine Charlie Brooker writing Doctor Who, that would right? Be okay. Incredible. So we're gonna do. So we're gonna do Doctor Who, right? And Charlie's like, "Don't worry, I've got this covered." And it's like, "Charlie, don't write any Doctor Who. Don't worry, I've got it." <laughs> Charlie, you can't write Black Mirror. I'm gonna write Black so Mirror. So in this right? episode, people are gonna love it. <laughs> so in this episode, we're gonna personify the Tardis. Yeah, but Charlie, we've done that before. But in this one, the Tardis didn't try to fuck him <laughs> <laughs> or kill him afterwards. Yeah. And or then, kill him by can fucking Charlie him. Brooker and it's like the doctor just looks stares wonder, in wonderment to the TARDIS and all he sees is the sign of white bear like that's it like it would just start putting like and an option oh. comes up at the bottom and you have to choose <laughs> Netflix or oh that would be great could you imagine Doctor Who Bandersnatch where you get oh. to pick your own doctor <laughs> out of curiosity do you if, want to regenerate into a male or a female if out of like out of all time any human that's ever lived who would you ideally have seen as the doctor at some point oh, that's a good question because I always just think Rick Mail as the doctor Rick Mail been... as the doctor <laughs> would be an absolute this, dream like, incredible this, Doctor Who content is this regardless of if they've been in Doctor Who like yeah, so just who who would you want to see as Doctor? I think Martin Freeman could play a great Doctor. That's such a, like it's a good shout, but it's such an uninspiring shout. No, no, I know, like, I know, Martin I know, Freeman. I know, yeah. I know, I know. If I'm going a bit more obscure, she's less vanilla. <laughs> Ian McKellen. Because, that would have been fun. But like mm. old man Ian McKellen, because old man mm. Ian McKellen is like such a sassy little bitch, <laughs> and his companion could have been Patrick Stewart. And oh my god, it would have been the best thing ever. <laughs> okay. It would um, have been vicious in space. It would have been beautiful. Like, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg is mm. fine, but I just feel Richard like Ayo, is... Richard Ayoade. There's a shout. I like Richard Ayoade. And Ian McKellen's gay, so I get the gay representation in there. Um. I honestly can't think. Noel Fielding. Uh, I, think we should, <laughs> yes. I, I feel like we should. Is a, yeah, you want to go in adventures through time and space. They go to a planet. <laughs> they go to a planet of crack foxes. <laughs> Could you imagine if you have had like afterlife era Ricky Gervais? Ooh. Just like you get the Daleks and it's like, oh, can you can you not just punches <laughs> the Dalek in the face with the tin of beans? <laughs> not today. <laughs> Uh, I just I, I don't know like, there's, there's some part of me that thinks putting comedy duels in the TARDIS together would be great <laughs> Fry and Laurie together would have been hilarious <laughs> like like um, Rick, Fr- Frost and Peg Frost and Peg yeah, yeah the, the, Santa the, and what did Simon Peg play the editor mm. together yeah <laughs> um, who else like there's, there's fucking loads man Russell um, Brandon Northfield in yeah, the goth detectives goth, on the TARDIS. Yeah, Could yeah. you imagine? Like, I, I just love this idea with, of Noel Fielding with and the Jonathan TARDIS. Jonathan Ross as the extra companion. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine, like, Noel Fielding in the TARDIS, like, just being Noel Fielding. He's like, mm. yeah, you want to go get some, like, bruschetta or something like that? Because that's what he does. He just says random shit. <laughs> like, he wouldn't even follow the script. Oh, Doctor, it's Simon. Let's throw a wasp at them. <laughs> Who would you have? It's Anton Deck. <laughs> don't let Deck fly the TARDIS oh, don't let yeah. Ant fly the oh, TARDIS, TARDIS. Yeah, that's, yeah. Ant man what are you doing you're going to crash it into the Daleks man oh no wow that is morally triggering and, uh, Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield because <laughs> uh, Philip would be just like he wouldn't have a fucking clue what he's doing he's like alright cool we're here we're doing it uh, although I would like to see my personal favourite spin-off 
sci-fi spin-off which is like um main boris together theresa main boris johnson and the tardis together uh, just fucking oh, all God. of history together and it would be beautiful <laughs> that sounds like a comic relief sketch <laughs> yeah idris elba though would be good but he yeah. would never do it never in yeah. his life would he do it like it's not right <laughs> it's, it's not, not right, right is it <laughs> do you know who I, who I would like to see and it, 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 it is a difficult shout because he's obviously been in the universe before uh, the lad who played Clive in the Sarah Jane Adventures is he the boy who turned out to be the Cyberman oh I don't know no like Sarah's Clive. son no that's Luke uh, uh, oh Clive yeah, Clive, yeah, yeah, yeah. he'd be yeah. a great shout I think I also think do you know there was always one unresolved thing because you know how like they were going to do Sarah Jane adventures a bit more yeah they cut off half and she died five, yeah she never ever got that closure with the trickster no. and the yeah. trickster like even though the trickster was an absolute dickhead like there was like a level of respect there yeah. mm. and i always wanted an episode where the doctor had to tell him like he just like Ooh. look she's dead and because mm. he would because he would have to live knowing he would never beat her yeah could you imagine <laughs> like it's like it's that's like, a brooker episode right there yeah it's like i just feel like there's some things that need closure and never got and speaking of closure Torch would never got its closure really Miracle Day just mm. ended with apparently someone else oh, being immortal it got its closure through audiobooks would you like me to fill you in <laughs> <laughs> right okay Kinky. so this podcast is verging on three hours <laughs> oh my god we've still got another one to do but don't worry we'll have a break but we'll just quickly talk about spin-offs because there was only a few for Doctor Who weren't there yeah. Um, Torchwood, arguably the favourite. Mm-hmm. Torchwood, yeah. I, I think I've, I caught a couple episodes of Torchwood, but I was, I think I was too young at the time to be too invested in it. But if you had to, if you had to like elevator pitch wise, if you had to just, you know, if you had to explain why you think it's, you know, the elite spin-off. Do you like Captain Jack? Yeah. There you go. Well, I would literally sit there and say that Torchwood is a more adult version of Doctor Who. So if you've ever wanted a more adult version of Doctor Who, that's what you get. Second episode, sex aliens. Third episode, cyber women. Don't, ju- <laughs> don't just glaze yeah. over sexy aliens. They're aliens that fuck you, then you explode. It's women. They need... <laughs> con- they survive off orgasms. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay, well... Wait, are other people's orgasms or having their own? Having their own. And uh, they kill people yeah, when they orgasm. They, yeah. They're going to die if they're with me then. <laughs> thing with the first uh, season of Torchwood it. is it was just like putting its elbows out and seeing how far it could go and it was a little bit like you rolled your eyes now and then like oh, yeah. um, but season two it definitely refined it and funnily enough Chris Chibnall was the showrunner for season two um, I think Russell T Davis took a step back even though he was still credit as creator and then season three is just some of the best TV ever Children of Earth I mean, is the best season yeah, of there's it. episodes where it's not even aliens like there's one they just go against a bunch of fucking cannibals oh that's Countryside and Chris Chibnall episode. wrote that yeah. Countryside Chris Chibnall see, Chris Chibnall can knocked, write dark yeah, he things, knocked it out when of the power the Tyler, Tyler they're just stuck in the countryside car breaks down there's a village full of cannibals. That's literally that episode. John like, Barrowman runs about with a shotgun. Yeah. The end. It's, <laughs> it's like, think of something that you would like Doctor Who to do in an R-rated version, and it probably did more. Fair enough. Torchwood is very, very good. However, like the first season is a bit, it it's has a bit cringe. Like the second season points. is better, but then the third season is where it really kicks off. Like mm. Children of Earth is a great series. If you had to like, watch anything, just watch that. I think, I Child- think it shows how well. Um, I think uh, what's his name, John Barrowman portrays the character so well don't you like because i i do separate the two as well because like i really like captain jack I, uh, less so um john barrowman <laughs> like, it's just a bit mm. of, but it, i you know i can completely separate that because he plays the character yeah. so well yeah. there is the drama of like so you know you've got gwen 
who is like Jack's yeah, 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 best yeah. friend practically and she's colleague, practically like she, the version of the companion but she doesn't trust Jack ever no like they're yeah. like good mates but she always thinks that he's being a deceitful the whole cunt. team <laughs> like, the team has such a good dynamic well they did like, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> well they um, did Owen, Owen for example such a fucking good Owen character Owen was a great character the man of glass was like that, mm-hmm. that broke me a wee bit going like, back to what you're saying about Gwen and Jack though I know Miracle Day definitely has its low points but their finest moment is that episode in the car when Gwen is willing to kill Jack to get her kid back Yeah, yeah. and th- in that that's like you know my problem with Miracle Day is it felt like another show featuring Torchwood. It too mm. Americanized, and like it was. It, it wasn't. I didn't realize how bad it was until I watched Children of, Children of Earth and Miracle Day back to back. Because when I first watched it, I didn't mind it. Then I like binged the whole thing, and it was like someone sidelined Jack and Gwen for all these other characters. It's like a CIA show that just happened to have Torchwood characters in. But that episode. Because it's a great character study on Jack because it goes back in time and him with that guy he had a relationship with. That felt like Torchwood. And then them in the car, I just it was one of the few real high points of that what series. It, what that reminds me of is when you watch a Marvel film and then afterwards watch the deleted scenes before the effects are put on. Yeah. It just seems unfinished. Yeah. That's what that scene was yeah. like. It, yeah. it just it wasn't done. Yeah, I mean, I, I I could watch Medical Day. I mean, I remember it had some really dark points, and like, so you don't know what Medical Day is. Medical Day really? was when America and Doctor Who first started having a little fling together, and they said, right, you can take Torchwood and you can make what you want. So they made Medical Day. Medical Day is basically a day when everybody stops dying. Okay. So no one dies, yeah. but they oddly Jack can die now. <laughs> it switched. Yeah, he. Like, yeah. So Jack's immortal. Jack can't die, but he this when this starts he can die and the whole world can't die so basically this all starts when this serial killer is about to be put to death by lethal injection and it doesn't kill him so people start looking at him it's like you know how superman is seen in justice league yeah and batman versus superman he's seen as a god that is how this guy is looked at um and it's basically about torchwood trying to figure out what's going on however torchwood is now only jack and gwen Mm. like so it's only these two characters but Jack Gwen as they like to be called <laughs> but Gwen <laughs> Jack Gwen when, as you say <laughs> when she's trying to get her child back she is more than happy to kill Jack because mm. as, as she literally said, and I think she calls back to Children of Earth where she says you are quite willing to kill whoever you want to yeah, get exactly. you want I will fucking murder you yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and they are such great characters together because they are like best friends but there's the boundary of like well if I've got to kill you mate you're fucking dead like that's yeah. it let me just talk about how much of a bitch Susie was Susie? The one that died in the first episode. Ah. And then she came back. The, she, who, the one who basically has an infinity gauntlet. Yes, the, the, the risen mitten. Yeah. The risen mitten. <laughs> you are so confused. I just love this. Talk to is great, though. It is fun. Medical Day was probably the worst day, but the production value of Medical Day was great. Nice. It, it looked mm. good. It did look good. Uh, Sarah Jane Adventures, which I didn't watch much, to be honest. See, yeah. see th- I think this is where the difference is. I was at the peak age for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They wanted me. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I, I can't, I'd, I've never really rewatched it, so I can't particularly remember it, but mm. it was great for what it was. It was a great kids' show, and, you know, it, it, you occasionally got the doctor coming in. Yeah, David Tennant was in it yeah. once, Matt Smith was in it. It, it was, yeah, I, I can't really complain about it for what it is. I mean, the only complaint you can make is that it's really light-hearted but it was for cbbc yeah exactly so. it was yeah. very cheesy but it was yeah. allowed to be cheesy i mean yeah. wasn't it like that sort of b-movie sci-fi-esque thing yeah where yeah, like yeah. They, they would fight aliens right. with vinegar for the chip shop 
Like, yeah, the, Sli- <laughs> yeah. the Slovene seemed stupid in Doctor Who, but they were perfect for Sarah Jane Adventures, yeah, yeah, so yeah, they kept yeah. coming back. Yeah, no, and things like that are great. I mean, um, actually, James, I'll have you know that uh, Slovene is the family name. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, because, no, they actually, in Sarah Jane Adventures, don't they have the Blatherine or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and they're orange, not green. I'm sat around a table of children. <laughs> like, I'm honestly... We are actually talking about a kid's show now. Yeah. You can't even argue. You can't even argue. Um, no, but there was loads of good things about it, and, you know, you had characters like the trickster who was just, like, an absolute menace. He like, was, like, the darkest point of that series, like, you know... The, well, actually, there was a pretty dark episode when Clyde, everyone hates Clyde, and he becomes homeless. That was that in the last series. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> no, yeah, there was a. There was a. Because he gets no, kicked out of his was, house. Yeah, no, there was um, oh, there was like a magician thing. He pricked his finger on like um a wooden temple yeah, thing. Yeah, and then he his reality just changed. His family hated him. They basically just kicked him out. His friends didn't even know who he was. Like they were like, "No, fuck off. We don't know you." It was, and there was very, very low key kind of um, undertones of racial segregation to it. Yeah, as well, yeah. which was beautiful. But it, that's the like, thing, the way they did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, so <laughs> finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. Like, and this one, yeah. It's all I've ever needed. <laughs> For them to do that on a kids show was just revolutionary because yeah, 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 it was yeah, so cool. like well done, hidden. But do you wonder the, with that? It was like it served the story and it made sense. It it told that story while serving the the greater narrative and instead of that being the whole point and for it's, it's, it's almost as though, it's almost as though it's doing something that doctor who should be doing yeah, yeah. but for a tv of that age level to do such good character it's development isn't yeah. isn't heard of it's like people compare it the latest season of doctor who to sarah jane adventures as like a joke but it's like it's true but it's you know that you know it's not it, that's a good compliment but it doesn't quite execute it like sarah jane adventures did it better yeah, I feel like we're a bit more refined and it can be really, really good. And that goes for Doctor Who. As I say, I have no issue with Jodie. I think Jodie's great. I just think that the actual writing lets it down abysmally. Yeah. And this is peak uh, This is peak bad writing. Yeah. Uh, it was a good point, and it's usually the bits Chibnall didn't write. So <laughs> we need to look at that. What's the canine adventures? Oh, um, so... The master. The BBC <laughs> don't have rights to canine as a, as a character. Like with the Daleks, they licensed him from... Um, the person who invented it and he took it and went to australia and made this season um it felt like power rangers it was like made like that like the sets and everything um just canine just like oh now we've got a dalek over here or then what we're gonna do <laughs> yeah actually no he's he in the pilot he was australian oh. <laughs> and then they got john leeson in to do the actual voice um but yeah they have the original k9 in the first episode and then they blow him up and regenerate him it, the episode's called regeneration in k9 is a british australian comedy adventure series focusing on the adventures of the robot dog k9 from the television show doctor who achieved by mixing computer animation and live action they um, that's its plot it's it's terrible <laughs> they even um they're even it's terrible because it's got an 8.1 no, on no, IMDb. On. Yeah. Is it? Okay. No, you said you said one season. Yes. They've done... Wait. As far as I'm aware. I didn't finish the season. I season like. 3, episode 1, oh. was where it stopped. And that was in 2012. Wait, so they just stopped at season 3. <laughs> like, no, this is <laughs> Episode 1. They've um, done a whole series and was like, nah. <laughs> there's a part in that where they're like um, doing some work on K9 and they accidentally like trigger something and the Doctor Who theme starts playing. 
it's, it just it, it's kind of in universe but it isn't it's like fourth wall breaking yeah yeah sort the, of thing. The, the, it's the deadpool of the, the yeah, doctor yeah, who yeah. universe the plots of these episodes like you know the the the, the synopsis is they're so bad Thorn lures Canine to hand over his ge- regeneration disc. Sc- Starkey is taken by a Jixon. Starkey. We've got the Beatles. <laughs> it, honestly, it re- the, even the monsters, it looked like Power Rangers. This is insane. Like, how did I not know this? The thing is, it's higher ranked than class. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, what yeah. a lovely segue. Let's talk about <laughs> class for a bit to end the show. Uh... Oh, I didn't finish class. I was just like, eh. and that joke works on two levels. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still perplexed. Like, <laughs> um, I liked class. I did. I, I enjoyed it as a standalone thing, and I I was disappointed that we don't get to see what happens next because that that fin- finale was just ridiculous. Like, it, it left you thinking, what the actual fuck? I believe the finale for class, and there was two things I didn't like about class. It was how it represented the gay couple, and it's how it represented mm. everyone else around this gay couple. So obviously the main character's an alien, and he falls in love with a Polish boy. And in the second episode, you see the straight couple have a lovely sex scene, where they just have a lovely intimate time. Cut to the next episode, when the gays <laughs> are fucking each yeah. other, like nobody's business, and I'm like, is that what you think it's like all the time? I mean, you're not wrong, but... <laughs> it, had like, some, it had some great episodes. There can be Did you some... just answer your own can, question? No, but it's like, I hate this thing yeah, in no. TV that the gays are always rampantly fucking in the street. Well, that's Torchwood as well. So yeah. yeah. But I mean, at the very least, Torchwood went into Yanto and Jack actually having a romantic yeah, true, true. relationship. I- the thing you is, can tell they cuddled after it. Yeah. That's, what I'm, that's <laughs> yeah. the what I'm trying to get. Yeah, at yeah. yeah, it had a ton of flaws in that respect, like in terms of development and character representation. But the plots of some of the episodes were so well done. Like there was one. I just um, thought it was so terribly. But acted. Th- no, but there was like, one yeah, specific episode. One specific episode where the classroom just went into its own reality and the classroom itself the, oh, the classroom was door, in a parallel universe yeah, and, and stuff. it turned out to be a prison like the whole like place they were in was a prison for one being and it was just something about that episode I'm, th- I'm sitting there thinking this that is really well thought out that episode was like the, the, the best that it got yeah. because it was an isolated situation and they all had to deal with like it was something to do with like there was something in that that made them all tell the truth like so it was like this thing that was in the room that would make them tell the truth and they all had like things that they didn't like about each other that they never said well for one they all knew that he was an alien and they all were a bit worried about him being an alien because they're like fuck our friend is an alien and then that all comes out and it all builds up and it blows up and that just reminded me of my parents are aliens that was a good show yeah that was a great doctor who spin-off <laughs> it could have been <laughs> yeah you know, k9 was in it <laughs> <laughs> of course but I thought when it comes to class, like I feel like it could have been so much better, and I feel like if they weren't going to continue it, the very least is they could have gave people the closure of like even if the doctor had came see, and took them individually so and you said, don't, you right, don't "We like need class. to sort this out. You can't be this big shadow alien. You can't be that like because that's not what you are." <laughs> like I just feel like that universe is still canon, whether you want to say it isn't, it's not. And I just like to think that we've just never picked up that story. We'll never know what happened. Well. It's not on Guess why you can. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so actually. Well, I, uh, they haven't continued it yet. They've done stories within the first series. I feel like eventually they will get to continuing the story. Because they took on Greg Austin to play the main guy, and was he not? Was he not a YouTuber? 
Does that not where he came from? Was like YouTube, and I was like, I'm fine with that, but you know, like, it's not you. You didn't like class, evidently. But and they had what a, did you think of Miss Quill? Miss Quill was a great character, I and like, I would have. That seems like uh, the character. Miss Quill was a fantastic very well character. Yeah, she was the best thing about it, and I loved her whole thing. Is like she was just a prisoner. Like she, she hated it. That whole subplot was one of the best things about that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's like, that's one down. of the things that's missing from Doctor Who at the moment is you could really see that from both sides you could see her as like a murderer and she deserved to be in prison but you could also see she was pretty much a slave and you know it, i think doctor who lacks that now in in its current season Slaves. it's like this is the opinion and we're not going to put a counter opinion in because this is the right way to think yeah. and sometimes you can't think the other way because of the opinions they give you but um Inc- that that was brilliant. I, 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 that real dilemma was the only thing that kept me going through the whole thing. Because mm. you had the you had the doctor who sat there and said, "Well, I'm not going to take the collar off. Like he has to decide to do that." And that was what a lot of it was. She she said, "Let me go," and he like, "Let me be me, so I can actually protect you." Like, and he's like, "Nah, because you'll kill me." And she's like, "Why?" Like she obviously wants to kill him, but she's like, "Why would I? Kill- what would I get out of killing you? Like there is nothing I will get out of killing you." And then she eventually gets off, and she doesn't kill him because she's like, "I hate you, and I want to kill you." But at the end of the day, I'm all, you, you, you're all I've got. Like, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that kind of thing is good, and those things make it work. And you know, class could have been far better if it just wasn't so fucking shitly acted and cheesy. Probably reminds me of you, and I'll tell you why. This is straight off the off her like wiki page. Two things made Miss Quill's life on Earth passable. One of them was coffee, and the other she preferred to keep secret. Smoking. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't tell people that. Like, it's not it is smoke. Well, that's why I said secret. You're the one who said it, not me. Imagine this, like, because there's that, there's that, like, brief image in class where you see what they actually look like. Yeah. Don't you? And I remember sitting there going, that is absolutely repulsive. And I've not felt like that watching Doctor Who for quite a while because they always try to make the aliens moderately. That little thing was really well executed, that little flashback as well. I liked that. Yeah, and I like that they didn't overly rely on Capaldi, but when Capaldi left, he was gone. Well, he should have... If they're not going to do it as an episode in Doctor Who, he should have been in the last episode. So we grow to love these characters first, and, you know, we we have a connection with them, and then, you know, bring in the Doctor. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's absolutely vile. Like... (laughs) I can't get over it. But, I mean, there's not much to say about class. So, you want to tell us about the audio adventures? <laughs> Do I? There's, 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 there's are the lot. audio adventures for class better like, than the actual yes. show? Yes, yes they are. Um, because, oh. well, I enjoyed them more. The, the stories are well more thought out. Mm. And what they do is they isolate two characters per story. Okay. So, one is Quill and, oh, I'm rubbish with the Charlie. name. Charlie. And Charlie. Uh, one is the Oh, I don't know the character names. The guy who has a leg, who loses a leg, <laughs> <laughs> and the girl who has uh, elbows. <laughs> What's the one that loses a leg? Who can't play football? Is that what was his name? Um, was it no Seb or something like that? Anyway, him and his April. April is his love interest, and they go to like this house, and oh, I can't really remember it. I enjoyed it. No, they do. Um, they do a. Uh, a re- remembrance of the Dalek sequel so they end up going through this time portal back to remembrance of the Daleks and they bring back Ace as well she's in it um, and they, they recreate scenes from that episode with them in it and, and that was really cool so class is good the one I would recommend is Torchwood okay. um, uh, they 
they continue the story and the only problem they had is eve miles is that she had commitments with i think it was victoria and she was doing this welsh series as well um so they kind of recast her but didn't so the the, the the plot of the fifth series is that um aliens have overtaken cardiff and no one knows about specifically it. cardiff yeah. exclusively <laughs> cardiff nowhere yeah. else yeah they don't want anywhere else because yeah. they know if they go to scotland they'll be <laughs> fucked and they know if they go to london it'll be too expensive so where, they decided where, cardiff is a safe place in the middle right where should we take over well this place is a steep fried mars bars <laughs> 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 so cardiff's taken over by aliens no one's realized it and they live within cardiff secretly they're disguised as humans and torch would start to work this out so what would still just Jack, Jack and, and Gwen. Gwen, but they bring in new members. Um, they do like an anti-Gwen where um, there's this guy who... They, the first episode is called um, Changes Everything, which is the opposite to everything, Changes. And it's like they set up this, this guy called Tyler as if he's the next Gwen, yet he absolutely fucks it at the end and you realise he's a dickhead. And he keeps coming back. Um, so uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's two things I'd recommend about it. Um, I'll carry on what I was saying about Gwen. So they over, the aliens have overtaken, and one of the things is Gwen has been overtaken by an alien. So ah. they have this... So to fill it in is that you have a woman doing an impression of Gwen, which is pretty good. You do notice it, but you get used to it, and she's as close as you're going to get. And they do, like, into Gwen's head her reactions because she does some pretty dark stuff, and I, I won't say what, but you're like, oh, oh shit. So, I can't believe so she's done that. How long are the episodes for these? And uh, the they're an place? hour, and there's 12 of them. And where's the best place to listen to them? Um, borrowing them because their their series costs seventy five pound. So I'll get them legally, legally. Yes, legally. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you believe like to know the, the right name of the company, I believe it's Big Finish. That does yeah, it. Big Finish. Another thing is, you know, Kablam in the eleven uh, series of Doctor Who they did this Amazon thing, and they didn't do a very good job of it. They did an Amazon I- episode in this series, and it was so much better executed. It's like the it's set in Cardiff. All of it is. And um, the, these people are just going through Cardiff like machines delivering and um, you realise they're part of this big algorithm. It's great. I loved it. That does sound pretty fucking cool. I can't even lie. But the, the, again, it's it's you. I can't help listening to it and going, I just wish this was on TV. And that's yeah. the only thing is it's just like, I wish I wish I could see it. But this is probably the best it's it's gonna get. So that's in that I'm, I'd probably be into that. Like I listen to Dungeons and Dragons podcast for God's sake. Like that's my kind of shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it, it could very well work. Yeah, I think it's it's worth getting into the six series. See, they release it in um, chunks as well. So they'll do four episodes in like October, then the next four in February. And I don't like listening to them like that. So I've been waiting for the full six series to come out. It's about to finish, and then I'll just listen to it as if it's a full series coming out. Um, so there's two by in a few weeks there'll be two extra seasons and as well as that they have brought all the original cast back they do individual episodes for individual characters and they've well, like done Tasha and Owen and all that yeah they've come back oh. and they've done one where the original team's back it's called Believe and that's a free part and that's that's really good so they, they do good stuff um, yeah I'd recommend oh, it oh I'm feeling it shit well I think we've said enough about Doctor Who and its respective spin-offs, unless there's anything else anyone wants to say. No. I want coffee. Ah, uh, yeah. I would say, before we go, though, because we didn't talk about it, but one of the best parts about Doctor Who that is, is music. 
I would say. Mm, yeah. I but would uh, very briefly. Um, Murray Gold's a great ideas man, and he worked at his best when Ben Foster was orchestrating, and that was between the second and eighth series. Um, you'll notice in the first series that the music's full of samples and electronic sounds and occasionally there's a really good score and what Ben Foster did was almost tame that and orchestrate it really well then when Ben Foster left the music got pretty bad in my opinion the 10th series the music was not very good at all and then the for series 11 it just got even worse I really don't like the new music um, I understand what they're trying to do with it they're trying to Mirigol was your big themes, big orchestral, in-your-face music, and Sagun Akinola, I could have probably got that wrong, um, he's going for a more ambient feel, uh, more synthesised. Feels a bit more like Classic Who, but it seems very flat as well. There's Again, it doesn't help that there's no real character to attach to, so what makes it worse is that the music's just also completely ignoring everything. There are scenes in the first episode that I just feel like when she's, you know, when she's laid on the sofa and they see, they're all looking at her with all like the glowing energy coming off her. And I can imagine Marigold doing that, like a big, like, um, wondrous theme with like woodwind or something. And he just has this flat synth sound and this chugging thing because it's, he's trying to propel it into the next scene and just completely ignores what's happening. So I have a bit of a problem with the music at the moment, but when it was good, it was excellent. Nothing got me hyped like uh, Matt Smith's theme, the Eleventh Doctor theme tune. That was yeah. like the, 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 the fifth dun, series dun, dun, had the dun, best dun, music. Dun, dun. I was like, yes. That's But yeah, on the most part, the music's incredible. For what it for TV, it took it to a cinematic scope, and I think it was that finishing like that final part that really made Doctor Who feel like at times Star Wars for TV or you know the blockbuster films on TV and, and it, it was that but yeah it, it's what got me into music anyway for film cool well we've spoken about wow. everything now we've done everything the only now. thing we've not talked about is old Doctor Who but we're not right <laughs> no no no. <laughs> no seven hours later <laughs> Seven yeah. hours later, and I'm just sat here like I just. Oh, We're God. still talking about how the so first and Doctor then is racist. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've spoken about new here. That is our time. <laughs> our time. I think our time ended about two hours ago. Maybe, <laughs> but it was a good conversation. So thank you very much for joining me, Kaylin, Tyler, TV. It's been fun. James doesn't get a goodbye. It's oh. alright. I'm not gonna leave. <laughs> no, thank you very much for joining us. One, one quick thing about Doctor Who um, before we—is this going to be quick? quick. <laughs> no, 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 just just before in we wrap up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 just 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 before we wrap up in regards to Doctor Who, follow at the Total Verdict on Twitter. Oh, was that it? That was it. All right, cool. I'll, I'll edit that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. um, yeah, but thanks so much, guys. Um, Doctor Who is hopefully going to get better. And give hope to George. <laughs> said Chim- said Chibnall. <laughs> said us all. Like, but yes, thank you for joining us. You it's can been thank you for having us on. Uh, and look forward to our next one, which I don't know what that'll be yet. So that'll be exciting. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>